Single Simulcast is about a lot of things. This podcast may make you laugh, cry, or pound your fists into your desk. If you hear something you like or something you don't, leave a voicemail at 916-572-9016 or email us at singlesimulcast at gmail.com. One. Single. Simulcast. Single Simulcast, episode 345. Shantae's in the building. I'm Rashani. Um, we really need to get you a nickname. I need a nickname? Yeah. Because, you know, just in case the haters are out there looking for you, I don't want to just keep throwing your real name out there. What if you say something that the Bernie fans don't like or... or, or <laughs> <laughs> As we get closer and closer to election day, you need a nickname. I need a nickname. I don't know if that, you know what, at this point, I don't know if that's going to work. I've had, I mean, I've been Shantae and Shantae Fabulous for a decade. Wow, we're old. Yeah, like, I mean, like, you know, like that's, you know, I've been Shantae Fabulous on Twitter. Like, I've never changed my at name. Like it, you know, it was, you know, Shantae plus an adjective and that's what it's been. <laughs> so if somebody, if somebody wants to find me, I, I don't think there's really, it, it's not going to be difficult uh, to find me. So I don't know if a nickname is going to, is going to help at this point. I feel like you're saying that in a different way than I took it. Cause you're like, if they want to find me, you know, at this point in time, I'm out there on the <laughs> they're going to find me. I took it like John Wick was saying, like, nigga, if you want to find me, I'm not hard to find. I'm right no. the fuck here. Drink <laughs> freezy Q. Um, <laughs> it is 109 degrees out here in, in Sacramento. It's never been this hot before. Oh, in wow. fact, I can remember. And it's been 109, this whole week. I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. Climate change is a motherfucker. Yeah, it's been hot here too, but yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I mean, like, what's 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 hot out there? Like a hundred, like over a hundred degrees. Okay, I wasn't yeah. sure. But yeah, it's just it's you know there's uh it's kind of gotten pre- as 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 the years have gone on. Like I don't know when I was maybe like in high school or younger. 100 degrees was like really hot it was just like oh wow really hot and now you know in my 30s that has changed and it's become like oh it's gonna be 108 or 109 or something like now that's what's really hot so yeah climate change i think is is fucking with us too and our perceptions yeah and i think that it's really fucking with my patience um (laughs) because i am officially sick and tired of these bougie fucks who was like, oh, man, it's just so hot out here. I can't handle it. It's so hot where I live at, Rashani. It's so hot. I am getting so hot. I'm going to take my clothes off. And I'm like, all right, what the fuck ever? Where do you live? Well, see, I'm in Minnesota, and it was like 84 degrees today. You son of a bitch. Like, you don't get the whole fuck we don't have air conditioners up here you gotta understand where i'm coming from so there's no good breeze for us and it's 84 degrees i will drive to where you're at and steal your cold air and bring it back to my location 
and they're so sincere well i think well i mean the whole thing is it's like we all have our perceptions of what is hot based on where we are and so it probably really is hot to them obviously now it doesn't make any sense for us to be like oh if somebody's talking about 80 something degrees it's just like okay that's hot but you can still go outside and hang out if that's what you want to do versus dealing with like a hundred degree heat and it's just like i'm not going anywhere until the motherfucking sun go down i feel like if it's 84 degrees and you're complaining you don't live around a lot of white or a lot around a lot of black people that's how i feel I feel like if you're complaining about it being 84 degrees, you'd be the motherfucker who will call the cops on me for having a barbecue. And you're an enemy. Dang. I just think they live in Minnesota. That's what I said. So their perception is, no, seriously. So their perception of like heat is really, you know, it's got, you know, the game is all fucked up. Like it would never make any sense to live in California. And if you are un if you are able to not have air conditioning, it just doesn't make any sense. It just it's just like why? Why would you live that way? You know, on purpose. But someplace like that that's never really had a need to have it, it's like now they do need it, but they don't have it. It's like like, you know, the game is fucked up now. Now they gotta start, you know, getting air conditioning and stuff, but they're not they're not prepared for it. It's like it's like if California it's like if where you are got like twenty inches of snow. Y'all not ready for that shit. No, nah, I'd be mad as shit. Yeah, y'all not ready for that shit. <laughs> you know, but if it gets cold enough to snow where you are in Minnesota, it might get hella way colder. And so they'll be looking at you saying, oh man, it's cold. And in Minnesota, they like, man, y'all some bullshit. It ain't cold. It ain't, it's, you know, it gets in the negative whoopty bams. And y'all ain't even near the negative whoopty bams. Y'all ain't shit. Y'all don't know nothing. You know, so it's just perceptions. Yeah. I mean, you still, I know you're still going to be mad at them because, you know, fuck them because they got 84 degrees and you out here in 100 degrees and, you know, fuck them. First of all, um, you could have stopped right after, uh, you know, you don't have to come to California. Like, niggas really don't have to come to California because it's hot as shit here. And a lot of y'all ain't built for this shit. And uh, y'all driving up our property. Even though, now that I have a spot, drive up the property rates. I don't give a shit. I'm happy every time a motherfucker shows up from the Bay Area making like a cool milli. I'm like, thank you, God. Welcome to our neighborhood. Oh, my shit just went up another $25,000. But yeah, y'all don't want to, y'all don't, y'all don't, y'all don't, y'all don't want to come to Cali. Don't come to Cali, please. We don't have that many uh, resources for y'all anymore. And y'all niggas come to Cali and just be expecting everything. So I'm just going to say no. They know to moving to Cali. Y'all come here and y'all just expect the beach to be right across the street from your house and shit. And for like the 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 food to just always be like hot culture and all that kind of shit. No, don't come here. Please. Please. Don't come to California. Don't come to Cali. Like, if you come to California, just just warn a nigga so then I can tell you not to. 
That's all. That's all. Just, you know. I, I don't know. It's like, come to Cali if you want to, I guess. But just don't expect, don't expect shit. Like, you're not going to be able to afford shit. So don't expect shit. Don't, don't, just, yeah, don't come to Cali. <laughs> Move to Arizona and visit, but don't come to Cali. Don't come here because, oh, y'all got good amusement parks. They got good amusement parks everywhere. I found that out and I was shocked. That's how my narcissism works. Like, I really didn't think that there were any, I'm fucking sincere. I didn't think that there were any good amusement parks anywhere in the fucking Midwest. I just thought the only good amusement parks were in California and Orlando. And that was it. So when I found out that there was an amusement park in Kansas, I was amazed. But then I was like, what? Did you expect all these niggas to just keep flying out to California? And I was like, for the good ones. Yeah, and then I felt bad. And then I remembered that they had some in fuck shit Ohio, too. So, yeah, I don't think about y'all niggas. That's so funny. Because you're talking about people coming to California and expect the beach to be right there. So they have mis, you know, misconceptions about California, but you have misconceptions about the middle of the country. Hella. But I wouldn't move to where y'all are at. Because not only isn't there shit to do, but y'all get tornadoes, like, all the fucking time. Well, I don't want to move to a place where my house can get destroyed every single year at the same time. And then they want me to act surprised, like my shit got blown away. Nigga, you live in a place called Tornado Alley. I know we spoke on this before. Why the fuck would you stay there? Move to Hold Hands uh, Harbor or something like that. But you live in a place called Tornado Alley, and you're like, I can't believe the tornado came back. <laughs> Nobody's like, I can't believe the tornado came back. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know it would do that again, Jackson. Right? You know, like, no. <laughs> no, I think it's because the tornado season is technically about. eight or so well no it's actually like it's a it's a little more than eight weeks that's what it is it's a little more than eight weeks and then it's so hot you know into the summer and everything that it won't do it again it well it won't do it again until the weather starts to change again (laughs) then you can get like a chance to like there might be tornadoes in the fall but now with climate change, I think that shit is supposed to be, I think the where Tornado Alley is, is supposed to be moving. Right. Because of climate change. So who knows? Motherfuckers might, I don't know if it's, I, I think it's moving east. So I feel like, you know, motherfuckers in Arkansas, motherfuckers, you know, in Missouri and further east of Oklahoma and Kansas and Nebraska, where I think a majority of Tornado Alley is, they're getting a lot of action. Let let a let a man let a fucking tornado show up in New York. Eh, I, nah, we saw a tornado here in uh, Cali, and nope. I mean, the only depend. I mean, depending on where it is, the only thing about it hitting New York, depending on where it is, obviously the people on the street are in trouble. The people on the street are in trouble and the cars are in trouble. I feel like the buildings, the like the buildings aren't going to get knocked down the way a house would get knocked down. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, some of them, depending, you know, like I'm thinking like the high rise 
buildings. It's just going to be, I would think people would have to look out for glass and, and that kind of stuff. But it's really, I think the people on the street are in more danger of a tornado than people inside somewhere. If you're inside somewhere, you can get somewhere where, you know, you can get behind a wall and just kind of ride it out. Now, in theory, I am not a meteorologist or a tornado safety specialist, so do not take what... Holiday Inn Express, though. Don't take what what the fuck I said to heart. But it's just, I think it's a different sort of danger. You know, that if you're... You know, like, like here in Oklahoma, there's no reason for you to really be outside like that if a tornado is coming, unless you're, like, driving back and forth. But, like, out on the street, just outside on the street, on foot... If that's not really going to be the case because we're more of a, a driving sort of area. You know, you're not really walking a lot of places. And, but in New York, you know, especially like in this, you know, in New York City, it's motherfuckers everywhere on foot. So, yeah, if a tornado drops down in the in the wrong spot, it would be it would be awful. I just I feel like if. A tornado dropped down in my neighborhood. Niggas would be toast. <laughs> We'd just be shocked that that was a fucking tornado. Like, by the time you got... I'd have to record it. Initially. <laughs> so you'd be outside. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people that do that, though. There's people that do that here that Cause, cause, go outside. And that's the problem with shit like this happening. You feel like it's... So when y'all moved to Cali, <laughs> earthquakes don't happen that often in Cali like you may think they do, but they don't happen like you think they do. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you're not going to experience it, and it's not something you can see. It's something you feel more than anything else. But if a nigga moved to, like, bumfuck Arkansas when the tornado alley moves over and a tornado pops off, these niggas is going to go outside to take a picture of it, you know, because it's their first time seeing a tornado in their area and they want to sell it on TV or not on TV, but they want to uh, get get it on the news and all that kind of stuff. So they're going to take video of it and get fucked the fuck up. In theory. I mean, granted, when I do see video of tornadoes, it doesn't seem like people are super duper close. Like, right, like it's more like, oh, the tornado is two or three miles away and it's not even coming in their direction. So that's what, you know, that's at least what I'm seeing. Granted, there are videos I think of people who are a lot closer to it and you got people in the background saying like, come back in the house, you know, or get in the shelter or whatever. If you don't get your ass in here right now, or if they're white, Jimmy, come over here. Jimmy, come here. Jimmy, Jimmy, there's a tornado. Jimmy, come here. I'm, I'm going to tell your father. Jimmy, Jimmy, you come here right now. <laughs> Niggas, oh, like, if you don't get your happy ass over here, you know what? Fuck it. I'm locking this. When you finally get your happy ass, when you get your happy ass right, you knock three times. I might let you in. Jimmy, you come here right now. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my representation of, uh, you know. Tornado Alley, which I've never been to, so that that that's fun. Um, so I was 
listening to old episodes. I've been doing this like even more than when you went back and listened to the the episode about Trump. Yeah. I went back and listened to like episode one hundred and thirteen. Oh, okay. Yeah, like way back, back when I was making fun of niggas for listening for what for uh, playing Candy Crush. <laughs> like way back in the archives, because I found that there's a, a you know there's different pod feeders where those episodes are available. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so I went back and I was listening, and I don't remember what episode it was that I was listening to, because uh, I stopped listening to it. Uh, but long story short, I was, I was, I was a trash ass person at the age of like 33. Like I thought that I was just like emerged fully, not, I didn't emerge like fully fledged and, and a good person and all that, all that shit. I had like moments, but I had opinions that were just horrible, burn it down shit. And I know that I had one way back when I was talking about uh, minimum wage and I had to go back and, and uh, recant that because the opinion back then was like, if you are uh, looking for a minimum wage job, you need to get another job because minimum wage is only for high schoolers. And that's some bullshit. As you get older, you realize you grow, you, you see more stuff than you change. But I did an episode. There was an episode where I said some reprehensible shit. Like there were a lot of episodes where I said reprehensible shit, just misogynistic shit about mm-hmm. women uh, with mm-hmm. Dr. Right? Because I was doing shows with the fellas, but that's not even an excuse. There was a show that I was doing solo though, and uh, on it there was a woman uh, who her uh, boyfriend tried to sell her son on Craigslist because uh, she, he was jealous of how much time she was spending with him, and the baby was like two months old. Mm. And I got on there and victim blamed the shit out of her. Like, Mm -hmm. why are you dating at two months and all this kind of stuff? Mm -hmm, And it was mm -hmm. horrible. Uh, And I was, I was sitting there because I'm driving to work. So I'm like a, I'm basically like, I can't look down at the phone to change it to another thing. So I'm still listening to it. And I'm one part fascinated and one part repulsed. Right. Uh, And then at the end of it, not at the end of the show, but at the, like at some point in that segment, Nigga, and I can't even say this without like. I said that I hope that she got sexually assaulted. Yo. Right? Like, what the fuck? And I listened to that and I was like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, what the, how the fuck did that pass? And then I stopped and I said, you know what? I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. And then I kept joking about it. And it just, it's, this is literally sat on me for like two weeks now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked with Gerald and I talked with Corbin, my two guys who I do unburden with. And they were like, well, it shows growth that you are now repulsed by it and you recognize it. But it's still there. So I want to, I need to apologize uh, because that was still my voice and it was still my opinion. And it was something that I stood by and I let that get out onto the airways and I let people hear that. And so that is now what some people think is a representation of me even now most likely mm-hmm. and I am so sorry like I'm just sickened by it but it's there 
And now I know how all of these uh, celebrities feel when folks pop up with old tweets and stuff like that. But I found my own tweet and I was like, damn. So I don't really know how to go about what, what to do next. I'm not going to delete it. You know, it's there mm-hmm. uh, in some places. Like you can't find it everywhere, but it's in some places. Um, all I can do is really just say that I am just words can't even express it. I'm embarrassed. I was, uh, I, I, I was, I was sickened by just how much I wanted to make a joke. Mm-hmm. And, um, there was no reason, not just for the sexual assault joke. There was no reason to blame this woman for what happened to her child. Mm-hmm. Like I blamed her for the relationship that she was in. Um, and I blamed her for going into a relationship too quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, Always, like, like I said, like you, you, you know, you walk your path and you can always change your shoes. You can do things differently, but there's still those footprints. And this is a footprint of mine. And I'm just wondering how um, I didn't, well, I know how I didn't check myself. I was 2013. I don't even know. I don't remember that far back, honestly. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Um, but it it that was a trash thing to say. And I, I apologize to anybody who heard it. Like I'm not gonna say any of that if you were offended shit, because nigga, I was offended. And I said it. So if you heard it, I'm sorry. If you had kids in the car, I'm sorry. Uh, if you had your earphones in, I'm sorry. Just, I'm sorry. It's not about recognizing I'm not doing this for like a pat on the back or a kudos or you grew or anything like that. I'm doing it because I'm literally just, that defeated me. Like I wanted to do a solo show last week. I was going to get Fat Man Wild on. We was going to play music and all that good stuff. And I could not figure out the right way to say that I was a fucking asshole. Mm -hmm. because that doesn't express it enough you know and this isn't one of those situations where I'm just uh beating myself up in hopes that Shantae will throw me a life jacket and say it's okay because we both know it's fucking not like that was an opinion that was out there that was something that I stood by and this is my show there were nobody else on the show at that time I was the the host the producer the editor everything that was said on that show came through my lips. It was my approval. There was nobody there to check me but myself. And I didn't think it was something that needed to be checked. I didn't double back on the episode. And I know, and podcasters, like listeners, y'all will say to a podcaster, yo, this part on the episode was hella good or whatever it may be. And then the podcast will be like, I said that? You know, because it's like we go from one conversation to the next and it's like, okay, next topic, next topic. But 
I went back and I listened to that episode after I did that episode. And I'm not talking about this two weeks ago. I'm talking about like after I did that episode, I'm my own biggest fan. So I know I went back and listened to that episode because I liked the music. I liked the conversations that were happening on those episodes. I know I went back and listened to it. And I bet you I laughed. Mm -hmm. And I don't even remember saying it, but I know that I laughed and I know that, God, I know that I thought that it was okay. Anything for a laugh. But that wasn't even funny. That's just horrific. So, again, I apologize for... I apologize for making light of sexual assault. And for letting it sit for six years before I was confronted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I went and saw Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Okay. And it was one of those movies that, uh, like, Alex, well, definitely Lily, probably Alex and Devin would have nightmares over. Mm-hmm. Like, um, due to the visuals and the content that happens, like, it's not something where there's like a lot of jump scares. It's not like Nightmare on Elm Street or anything like that, but it is like, there was a show that used to come on Nickelodeon called, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. This was like, Are You Afraid of the Dark? The movie. Okay. And so, Are You Afraid of the Dark? When it came out, it had me shook. There were stories that they would do that was just like, damn, that was good. And that was when I was like 13, Mm -hmm. 12. So, I figure in that same range um, that the kids would be shook. Because the drawings, a lot of the art that they do, the costume design that they do, uh, for the monsters, it's pretty much spot on to the drawing. So if the drawings had you shook, guess what, nigga? <laughs> you about to see him in like 3D, like you, like you know how terrifying that is. Like seriously, to see your worst fear in 3D, like I can't do that. I I can't do that in a dream. Like I can't picture my worst nightmare in 3D. But now I can. I know what Harold looks like in 3D. I know what that nigga from the um, me Ty Doty Walker looks like in 3D. And I know that everybody's seen the commercial for the movie where the girl has that spider leg popping out of the bump on her cheek. Ooh. They have the red dot on that uh, in the movie. And that's the one where the girl gets bit by a spider. And it, I don't know how to fuck, like, honestly, nigga, like, let's consider this. I don't know how it goes from a girl gets bit by a spider to the spider lays eggs in her cheek. 
but it was horrifying to see because I don't fuck with spiders. So it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so there's moments that'll be like, oh, for you. And then your kids will just be like, why the fuck did you bring it to your mom? You'll be like, ah, shits and giggles, I suppose. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was going to tell you, I saw that. If you want to take the kids to see it, just take Alex. Don't take Lily. Yeah, that's something he needs to watch with his dad. Because I don't do because I don't do scary movies. I'm not I'm not a scary movie person. I am a oh this looks interesting. You know, see like I'll watch the trailer like ooh this looks interesting, and then it's like wait for it to come out and wait for somebody to do the plot summary mm-hmm. on Wikipedia and read it, and it's just like oh man that was crazy, and then just be done with it. You know, <laughs> this looks interesting. Are you gonna go see it? No, no. hell no. I'm not gonna go. No, I don't want to see that shit. You know, or or I will let uh Jarman tell me about it. Like he went and watched uh Midsummer. And you know, so Midsummer, you know, I could tell that it was well one, it was definitely one of those movies it was just like don't go with white people, don't go out in the woods with white people. I already knew that some sh- some shit was going to go down. You know, but he gave me uh the play-by-play because he'll go you know he goes to watch movies all the time between him uh working as much Mm -hmm. as he does now that's his free time thing is to go go to the movie theater so he watches all kinds of different stuff so he's the one who you know if he goes to watch the scary movie he tells me what happened you know and he can tell me if it was good or not if it made sense whatever you know but no i'm not gonna sit no i'm not giving you know, that hour and a half, two hours to sit there and be unnerved and (laughs) nervous and wondering what the fuck is going to happen. No, please just, that's why I read the, I just read the Wikipedia thing because I'm not, I'm just not, I mean, sometimes I don't even like watching regular non-scary movies sometimes and not knowing what the fuck is going to happen. It's just like, no, I can't do this. I just, you know, it just, it's too, sometimes it's just unnerving to not know what's going to happen, which totally is like supposed to be the movie going experience. I just don't always like that shit. So (laughs) (laughs) like, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm having a problem with like a natural occurrence as far as watching movies are concerned, but it's just like, oh, this is me. You know, I don't know what to tell you. A movie came out that I went and saw because I got on Regal Unlimited. So, you know me, I go looking for these go see as many movies you want per month shit. Like, this is the third. I'm a movie fiend, y'all. Like, I will pay money. If you allow me to go to as many movies as I want and you don't care what I see, I will pay upwards of $30 a month to go do that. Because I'm like, by the time I get done with that month, you're going to be in the hole, not me. So (laughs) It makes sense, though. It does. I mean, like, if you see more than two movies a month, like, for Jarman, he needs to get on Regal Unlimited. If there's Regals in his area, or uh, A-list if he's got AMC in his area, not not Cinemark, like, Cinemark shit is shit. I think he's on A-list. I think that's what he's doing. A-list is dope. If they had an AMC in my area, I'd be on that, too. I'd be on two separate things for two separate movie theaters and not give a single fuck. Um, I was also saying it makes sense for you to do it because it seems like all of your children are older 
So it's not a huge deal for any of them to still kind of be at home for an hour and a half or two hours. You know, like if Nisha had to go do something, you could still go to the movie Mm -hmm. if you wanted to, or you can take them to the movie if you want to. Whereas right now, I know me and my husband don't see as many movies as we want to because it costs $50 for a babysitter, you know, and it's just, you know, it's just like, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm at the point where I can like drop a little nigga off and be like, all right, I'll be back because the 17 year old is here. Like Kenny's here and Bella's here and they can watch Devin. Even if, you know, even if we were gone, Devin could still be here by himself. Cause he right. knows, you know, do like you do when we're here, which is just stay in your fucking room and play Fortnite. So he's not going to be answering the door for anybody. Um, but no, yeah, that's another reason why I don't want to have any more kids. Because right. I don't start over. Like now that you hit this point of freedom, I don't understand. I I, I was talking to one of the uh, other basketball coaches um, from the AAU program that I coach in, and he was telling me that um, he has like a twenty-year-old and a seventeen-year-old, and then a five-year-old, and a three-year-old, and now a newborn. Or a baby on the way. And I was like, nigga, why? Same same wife? Same wife. Oh, same wow. Wife. Wow. Because I was definitely thinking like, oh, this is a second wife. And they get, you know, that's, you know, like, you know, motherfuckers want to have their own babies or whatever. But same. Wow. Same wife. And even, look, honestly, I got to tell you, even if it was my second wife, it'll be her first disappointment. Because... <laughs> I'm, I'm, nigga, I got snipped for a reason. I don't want kids anymore. Like, I love babies, but I don't want to have that much of a responsibility where I got to, like, you know, take care of the baby and wake up late night and all that kind of stuff. Like, that whole, the baby cries till, like, from, like, nine o'clock at night until like three o'clock in the morning and then fall asleep right before it's time for me to go to work. I don't want to do that shit. That shit is, that shit is incredible. And the parents who do it, I salute you, but guess whose cup of tea it ain't. That's right. It ain't my cup of tea. I'm not trying to wake up with kids. I'm not trying to feed kids. I'm at the point where I can literally sleep in on a Saturday because I know that my kids can cook their own shit. They can take care of themselves. And so to go through training these kids to be able to take care of themselves, to circle all the way back, like after you're almost free, like I know another coach, we were talking about this at the coach meeting yesterday. I don't know what it is. And this one has second relationship. So he made the mistake of not disappointing her immediately. But (laughs) uh, 23-year-old. 19 year old mm-hmm. newborn nigga. No. right yo yo no yes. no oh man i can't oh i can't imagine right how old, how old is how old is he uh like 40 let's see 23 year old so he's 42 because he had his first kid when he was 19 okay so yeah so how old is his new wife? Any like any like thirty two? Okay, okay. First I disappointment, mean, nigga. You better get a. Oh, I want a baby. You mean a puppy? That's rough. You want a puppy? 
and even a puppy. Like them dogs take a lot of attention too that I don't want to spend. I'm just I want to retire. You can't retire when you're when you're when you're a parent of a little kid. You can't you can't take a break even if you have a day off work. Guess what? They still live there. <laughs> That's true. There's so no like so like you take that good day off work because of a mental health day, or you take that day where you take a vacation day and your kid is just there because usually they would go to a babysitter when you go to work, which is like you said, fifty dollars a pop. That it's even more than that to go to daycare. Oh yeah, it's way more to go to daycare. I was just talking about like, you know, For five, six hours. hours. Yeah, whatever. Bella's killing the game. She's like, yo. I will babysit your kid for like four hours. And I think she charges a cool 125 per kid. Wow. Right? Well, she, she killing it then. But she, look, she she's right there. She's like the coach's daughter. So the parents are talking about, we're going to do a parent's night out. We're going to go get drinks. Nisha and I can talk all this shit because we ain't got no little ass kids. We're going to do a parent's night out. We're going to go get drinks or whatever, kick it, go to a Mexican food restaurant, kick it, eat up, have a good time. And some of the parents are like, aw. And Bella's like, hey, nigga, <laughs> I got that plug for you. Don't, don't, don't have FOMO. Right? Holla at me. Holla, Holla at me. me. I'm ready. <laughs> hey, real talk. Here's the ad. Don't get FOMO. Holla at go-go. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Like all your, you know, all your homies out here partying, living their life. You sitting at home. You don't know what to do. Holla at Go-Go. Right? Hey, you know what? Let me make it easier for you. They can come over to my dad's house. They want to be <laughs> eating your food. Pick them up on the way home. And they're going to be so occupied playing with my brother, they ain't even going to notice you gone. And so what happens is now she's leaving Devin to have to fend with like a, a four-year-old or a three-year-old. By the way, speaking of uh, having little-ass kids and starting over, we're joined by Tyrone. Hey, Tyrone. <laughs> what's up, bro? What's happening? Chilling, chilling. Hey, what's happening, Shantae? What's happening, Hey. Dad? For those of y'all who don't know, Tyrone is a dear friend of the show. He's also an author who – Back in like 2011, wrote a book uh, called Truth and Illusions. And um, recently, like in the past year, he was um, led to write more on this series and also to republish the initial, the, the first issue of the book. So, Tyrone, if you want to tell him something about the book and whatnot and where it's, where it's available at, the floor is yours. Yeah, no worries. All right, so the book is entitled Truth and Illusions, as uh, the good brother Rashani has already said. Um, actually, this is this is almost like a, a updated version, I would say, because the original, the 2011 version, had a lot of stuff I had to go back and fix that they let slide that I would not personally have let slide as a publisher, but uh, I digress. So the first book uh, is about a brother named Kenny and a sister named Carrie. Kenny has a girlfriend, all in love with her, always focused on her, trying to do, you know, the best he can for her. However, things happen, she gets pregnant. A whole bunch of stuff happens after that. On the other hand, Carrie sees this guy, Falls in love at first sight. 
decides, I'm going to try to be the type of person he wants. She goes through a bunch of changes trying to find herself as she tries to figure out how to carry herself after meeting this guy. So uh, that's kind of the synopsis of the first book. I don't want to give too much away because I'm sure everybody's excited to go out and purchase it on Amazon. <laughs> uh, it is available on Kindle and paperback. The choice is yours. Kindle is cheaper and it pays me more. So if you want to buy Kindle version, <laughs> I ain't had it. Uh, but the paperback is good too. If you got to feel the pages, I understand. Go ahead and buy it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's available on Amazon. Uh, just search Truth and Illusion. And it is part one of the If This All Came Down book. Um, and actually, since, since I'm on here, y'all, Rashani's listeners, y'all going to be the first people to know that uh, the audio book will be releasing in September on Audible. Uh, and uh, it'll be through my, my new publishing company, Poet Shadow Publishing. So, so who's um, doing the uh, voice work for the... Uh, for you the already, You already know. I'm going to do it myself. <laughs> however, however, if Rashani wants to jump on there and do some, do some uh, additional help, I ain't going to say no. Well, I'm always going <laughs> to help out whenever you need me, bro. You know I got you. I know. But, yeah, um... So, uh, what led you after 11 years to you said that it was because the publishers and there, there were some typographical errors at them but i was like who the hell was this nigga not you publishing but um no, because I <laughs> but i know that there were things that you saw back then that needed to be cleaned up but was there anything else that you altered or audited that you may have changed out during the audit of this initial book um so yeah there, there was a few other things i changed um i'm also a big music head so one of the things that i changed and added to the book was uh i did kind of a written in the vibe of like you know back in the day like if you were if you were in music class and stuff or uh even chorus there'll be certain songs that are like to the tune of x song so you know the melody so what I did was, uh, for each chapter, I did a written in the vibe of at the beginning of each chapter and a list like certain songs. So there are, like, the, for instance, there's one chapter that's uh, written in the vibe of Billie Eilish's Bad Guy, and that's uh, one of Carrie's chapters. But the, the idea is the, the songs that are, are, like, you know, listed at the beginning of each chapter kind of give you an insight into the mindset that the characters have. Uh, as they're going through uh, the chapter that you read. So it's kind of like, almost like a low-key look into their, like, mindset, where, you know, where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. So I, I added that. And then um, also, as I said, you know, the original book was never really at first intended to be part of the series. Um, because originally I was just trying to write short stories to... Uh, actually created a television show, uh, kind of like Twilight Zone. So I've been writing a bunch of horror. And the, uh, the first story really was just, it was, I originally was only 10, 10 pages or so. And I had written 10 pages and I was like still an introduction, all of this out. And then when I actually planned it out, it ended up being a book. And then as I, you know, went through the book, then I realized, oh, wait, it's not just going to be one book. I need to tell these other character stories to make it make sense. So, you know, there'll be a second and a third book. So 
currently the release schedule set up is the audio book for book one, Truth and Illusions, is going to come out in September, where the uh, the new version of uh, Truth and Illusions was released in June. Uh, the second book, entitled Facade and Candor, will be released on my birthday, December 4th. And then uh, from there in March, I'll be releasing the audio book from that. And then the untitled third book, uh, which will deal more with the parents from the first book um, and the second book, that'll be coming out in uh, June with the uh, audio book for that one coming out in September as well. So basically every three months I'm putting something out. Okay. So yeah, um, we are so grateful that you were able to get the opportunity to re-release your story or share your story. I actually went looking in the review that I did. I can't find it anywhere. And I don't want to write no more. But I'm going to have to figure (laughs) out where I put that review at. It might be on goodread.com or something like that. I know I did a review, though. Okay. Um, but I'm gonna have to find it and copy it and paste it on Amazon and everything because I, I don't I don't want to say that shit. Hey, I mean, hey, hey, no worries, man. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> like writing a review for those of y'all who have written reviews, I understand. Like nigga, like well, I take that back because now with voice to text, it ain't as hard as it used to be. Like I tried writing something a couple of days ago, like literally, like with my hand. My wrist hurt so bad. I looked at myself like it was punishment. Like <laughs> I was, I, I, I don't even remember what I was writing, but I wrote more than just one word. Um, oh, I was taking notes and that sucks too. Um, so I was taking notes and my, my wrist started to cramp up and they wouldn't stop talking. <laughs> So I just lifted, I just tilted my page up some, like the whole book up, so it looked like I was still writing, and I wasn't. I was just faking because my wrist hurt. I, 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 If I don't understand how to do something, I'll just call them back later on and ask them for a tutorial, but I wasn't going to write anymore. So, Shante. Yo. Recycling, do you do it? Yes. So do I. But I guess I'm not like all men because some men may choose not to recycle or buy reusable cotton bags because they're worried people will think they're gay. When did that become a thing? Uh, (laughs) 7th of August. (laughs) (laughs) Scientists suggested looking after the planet was seen as a typically feminine thing to do, which fits in with a woman's traditional role of being a caregiver. This perception may hold men back from doing things such as buying a keep cup or turning off the air conditioning that could ultimately help help the environment, according to the study published in Sex Roles. Do I need to say more or can we start making fun of them now? But how I don't understand how that how them feeling like it's like because they think that doing these things is a women's role somehow leads to them making the leap that that's gay like that it means that they are somehow attracted to men it just it doesn't (laughs) i don't understand the leap like i understand if you have a perception 
that the idea of taking care of something is somehow a women's role because women are conditioned to be nurturers while men are, you know, are generally not. Like I understand an aversion to it, misguided as it is. I don't understand how it turns into, oh man, I like dudes. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like, oh man, better make sure, man, if I make sure that the bottles get with the bottles and the cardboard get with the cardboard and the paper get in the paper, that means I like dudes. I don't, that knows. <laughs> for a second, for a second, I thought that they were talking about using the reusable bags with the handles. Oh, nah, nigga, because if I throw any bag over my shoulder, I, that's like a purse. And that makes it where I like dudes. Like, that was a progression that went through my head. <laughs> I don't even hold my, my girl's purse when we're walking through a mall. Because that, nah, I got to, I got to, I take her purse. I, any purse she get, got to have two straps. And what I do is I take that purse and I throw it on my back. And I put my orange <laughs> strap. And now it's <laughs> like, not a purse. It's a ripped up backpack. <laughs> Like, that's just so wild. Like, you won't get, the like, the canvas bag or whatever it is, the re- you know, the, the reusable grocery bag joint because because it just means that you that you like men. That just, that's so, oh, man. Bless those dudes' hearts. Bless the hearts of the person who did the study that even said, let's see what these motherfuckers think about this shit. And, and then found out and published it. Because that's just, oh, man. It's so we got so far to go as far as our perceptions of ourselves and our sexuality and what actions uh fall in line with our actual sexuality and just like like I was just like dude like if just put the put the coke can rinse the coke can out and put it in the recycling bin nobody <laughs> like nobody's judging you nobody thinks nobody thinks that you like that you like men and there's nothing like and and then it's also but then it also goes back to like this idea that somehow if you did if you did if you were attracted to if you are a man who is attracted to a man that something is wrong with that and there's not anything wrong with it that's just who you're attracted to some dudes are really cute it's okay like i don't know what to tell you but if you're not then it shouldn't you shouldn't i it's terrible that 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 some heterosexual men need this type of reassurance that's what it is it's that just like oh it's okay you're still straight like you don't need that in my mind two things one in my mind i feel like the uh people who ran the study came over to the people came over to these guys and was like hey can we ask you a question and the guy was like yeah and he was sitting there at the table eating some ice cream or whatever out of a cup of course because we don't lick out of cones that's gay nigga so um the guy's eating the ice cream out of a cup and the interviewer says so do you think recycling is gay and the man says with all sincerity, I didn't at first, <laughs> but now that you mention it, <laughs> and that's how I feel like this conversation, like people don't even, who thinks like this? Right. 
Now that you mention I would like a taco. Now that you mention it, that's gay. Wait, what? So, in three studies that involved 960 participants, researchers looked at the perception of men and women engaging in feminine and masculine behaviors. During the first two studies, participants read a fictional summary of what someone did that day, which included typically male or female pro-environmental behaviors. They then rated on a 10-point scale whether the person had masculine or feminine traits and guessed their sexual orientation. The results suggested that when people did activities that conformed to their gender, they were seen as more heterosexual than those whose behaviors did not conform to their gender. This suggests that participants believe traditional gender roles could give clues about someone's sexuality. So that's how that all came together. It still sounds goofy as fuck. This is goofy as this is goofy as fuck. Because then it's also like, well, what things like I don't understand. Well, one, there's the perception that uh I feel like some women believe that men are supposed to take out the trash. You know, like that's part of their gender role job thing. You know, like men are supposed to take out the trash. They're supposed to mow the lawn. They're supposed to fix things. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand how recycling has somehow moved away from being part of that trash area. You know, that, that kind of trash category and somehow has been put into the I don't know, I guess like the washing dishes vacuuming that I think people might stereotypically put with with women. Like I just it's just if the trash is trash, then I don't I don't understand how I don't understand how recycling is feminine. That's that's really what it is. I know like I know that oh it's supposed to be about nurturing or whatever, but it's still you putting the trash in the trash can. Everybody puts the trash in the trash can. And in fact, if you're doing the recycling, you're taking the recycling out to someplace so it can be recycling, recycled, just like if you're taking the trash to be taken by the, the waste management, the trash people or whatever, when they pick up your, you know, your trash cans and shit. I don't, I don't understand how recycling got separated from the rest of the trash. It's racist. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> joking <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding but still i'm just thinking i'm just thinking of like you know here's the green trash dumpsters you know that are by your house but then here's the blue one you know for the recycling and it's just like nope you got to keep them separated they're not they're not the same I they're not like part of the same group i feel like it starts off at a very young age like they're playing the clean up clean up <laughs> everybody do your share and everybody's picking up the cl- picking up the toys and picking up the trash and putting the stuff into the trash putting it in the right location and then a boy looks at a plastic bottle on the ground and his teacher's like clean up clean up jimmy put that into the recycling bin and jimmy's like nah nigga <laughs> i don't do that <laughs> and right. he crosses his arms over his chest <laughs> in a b-boy stance <laughs> like no i'm too i'm too manly to recycle like i just don't i just don't it's just you know what there's no logic to this type of 
miscarriage of masculinity or whatever. There's just there's no logic to it. It's still goof it's still goofy as shit though. It's just when asked why he didn't put the recycling into the recycling bin, Jimmy said, because I'm too legit to quit. <laughs> oh, the second thing I wanted to say is this. A lot of you niggas who are and white folks, I see you. Y'all keep sneaking into the show. Hi, how are you? Hey. Samoans, what's going on? Eritreans, ah, what's happening, y'all? Latinx, yo, what's cracking? So, still, a lot of y'all motherfuckers, I'll I'll just switch from saying niggas and motherfuckers. Is that okay? Like, a lot of y'all motherfuckers, yeah, that that rolls better. Who are so concerned about being called gay or having your masculinity questioned. If... If you were an 80s baby or prior, shut the fuck up. (laughs) If you're worried about somebody questioning your masculinity and you were an 80s baby or prior, shut the whole fuck up. Because you, not only if you were born before the 80s, wore tight-ass bell-bottoms and halter tops and all that kind of stuff without any issue and hella short shorts, if you were an 80s baby, I know without a shadow of a doubt, because I'm an 80s baby, that at some point in your life, you wanted biker shorts. And you wanted biker shorts with a neon stripe down the leg. So shut the fuck up. And that's my TED talk. <laughs> Tyrone, did you have biker shorts with a neon stripe down the leg? Did we lose Tyrone? No, Tyrone muted himself and couldn't get the button. Man, that's a real <laughs> mutiny. <laughs> yeah, nah, man. Uh, I did not have the neon biker shorts, but I had plenty of friends that did. See? Uh, and y'all niggas from, from, from D.C. and Maryland, y'all had on tie-dye. We did have on tie-dye. <laughs> so, yeah. But I had, the, I had the grunge rocker jean thing going on by the top mm-hmm. 90s here. Uh, I understand. You know, Nirvana was that shit. So, niggas ain't, or motherfuckers ain't recycling. But Americans as a whole, Americans as whole, ain't changing their fucking underwear. Tommy John surveyed. I always want to meet these people who get surveyed. I never get surveyed. Tommy John surveyed 1,000 Americans to discover 45% wore the same pair of underwear for two days or longer. Uh, 13% of those surveyed said they wore the same underwear for a week or more. Tommy John said men were 2.5 times more likely than women to wear the same underwear for a week or more. Uh, In a separate survey of 1,000 people, 46% of those surveyed by Tommy John said they owned the same pair of underwear for at least one year. Nigga, what? Wait, what? That's a bad thing? They own the same pair of underwear for at least one year. An an additional 38% said they have no idea how long they own their oldest pair of underwear. I can tell you how long I've had mine. They got vent holes. Like, Nisha... Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, if I get caught slipping, like, and we're folding clothes, I got to make sure to fold my underwear. Like, we're sitting side by side. I got to herd all my underwear to my side because you'll just hear a steady rip as she just takes the hold that's already there and rips like Hulk Hogan's shirt. I, I, I don't think about... 
look, if they sold underwear, good underwear at the like grocery store, then I'd buy more underwear. But I don't tend to go to like stores where they have clothing for sale. I go to the Goodwill to get the majority of my own personal clothing because I don't give a fuck about my fashion. You know, I guess I should, but I really don't. I just care about the prices. So I'm I'm not going to buy underwear from the Goodwill. Like, who the fuck does that? So I don't have a lot of new underwear. That's all. But as far as wearing old underwear, like for a week at a time, no. Uh, Tommy John says, it is crucial to update your underwear wardrobe. I didn't know this shit. It is crucial to update your underwear wardrobe at least every six months to a year to ensure that you're protected from harmful infections and health risks. Huh. Now, see, I would think that if you're washing your underwear, like, especially if you wash your underwear, kind like your underwear and socks separately, you can wash them on a higher heat setting, mm-hmm. that that would clean your stuff, that it would clean your underwear. Mm-hmm. Because I understand the possibility that there is bacteria and if your stuff isn't washed well enough, you're just basically putting bacteria back on your body. Mm-hmm. Like I get, I get that possibility, but still, I just, I also wonder, you know, where's the scientific study talking about how high of a temperature you need to wash your underwear? Like, is there stuff still there after you wash it with, you know, whatever? Or is this person just making up some shit, trying to sell you some shit? You know, because yeah, it's yeah. like, hey, you need to get more underwear. And it's just like, uh. We're an underwear company, by the way. I just, you know, we're not saying you need to get it from us, but just get it from us. Us. We want you to buy it from us. Because it does, because there are, like, as far as bras are concerned, after a while, bras stretch out because of you know, because they're holding up breasts and breasts are, you know, depending on the size of the breast, they're heavy and just the material stretches and it doesn't have the same support mm-hmm. that it had when you first bought it. So it, that I've heard, you know, obviously that's, you know, you are supposed to update your bras and stuff. I've never heard that about underwear as far as like every six months to a year or something. Now, granted, I'm sure there's people who do do that and everything, but it's just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense. And also it doesn't make any sense as far as people who, uh, who menstruate because there's people who keep those underwear for that time, you know, like they got the good underwear, like the sexy time, you know, dick appointment underwear. And then they got the appointment, they got the underwear for when they menstruate. So it doesn't matter if anything happens to it. So it doesn't make any sense to just keep, every six months is just, it doesn't make any sense. No, I'm not with that. I disagree. I've had my underwear for 10 years and nobody's died yet. Yeah, that too. It's just like, I just, it just makes, like, I don't know. I mean, 10 years is a long time to have some underwear. Well, yeah. That's a long time. I mean, I bought other underwear, but like, if it still fits, you must have quit. Like, nigga, I don't right. play my socks. Like, what? Like, I didn't know that this is the thing. I didn't know that you're supposed to, like, literally change out your underwear. Like, your clean underwear. You're supposed to just throw them away and get all new underwear. That sounds like something that an uh, underwear 
company would say to sell more underwear. See, and I just feel like you would, like, it makes sense to buy new underwear. It doesn't make sense to throw away perfectly good underwear if it still fits you. <laughs> that's, I think that's what it, that's what they're making it sound like. They're making it sound like, okay, you've had this underwear for six months, toss that shit in the trash and buy some new underwear. And I just feel like people don't, people don't do that. That doesn't make any, that, that doesn't make any sense. It's also bad for the environment. Mm-hmm because you know continually throwing away stuff that doesn't degrade in the ground is just you know not okay mm-hmm. tyrone what's your oldest pair of underwear uh it's gotta be at least two years maybe two two and a half years i'm not gonna be throwing away anything perfectly good but i i, I know i did redo everything when we moved into the new house but other than that I ain't just throwing away underwear just because the underwear companies say I need to buy more. Yeah. And they're going to be saying the same thing about recycling. Like, oh, well, you know, we need you to recycle. Well, why can't I just keep reusing my good, clean underwear? What's wrong with that? <laughs> like they, they Oh, so what you're saying like is you ain't going to recycle your underwear because you think it's gay? No, I ain't saying that. I ain't got nothing, ain't nothing you wrong sure with that. You sure, man? wild. But 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 the way this sounds like makes it sound like you supposed to just like like underwear is supposed to be a one day use type thing. Like yeah. oh, I used this pair of underwear yesterday. Throw them away. Go get a whole new pair. <laughs> like underwear is a disposable razor or something. That's how they're trying to talk. I, I'm not feeling. Yeah. That. Yeah. I, I I I'll be going out this weekend and I'll be purchasing some more underwear. Not because I feel shamed. <laughs> I mean, I admit my folly. I, I didn't know I was supposed to be updating underwear. Like, who the fuck does that shit? Nigga, if my underwear still fit. Like, even the ones that don't fit as well, like the ones that are a little bit tight, that just makes the package look right. Like, you got to understand, I got reasons to keep everything. I don't get rid of nothing unless it's shoes that don't fit no more, nigga. I will squeeze my entire body into some underwear, even though I take that back. I did buy some new underwear and I bought them from one of those um, hood shops. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the hood shops, there's DD's discounts and there's Fala's and there's City Trends and just the place where you can get the extra large t-shirts, three for $10. Okay. Um, and I bought some underwear from one of those places because they had them on sale for like two packs uh, for like 24 bucks, something like that. And underwear aren't cheap. I mean, for ladies, they really aren't cheap because more often than not, y'all, if y'all go to like uh, Victoria's Secret or something like that, like underwear are like $45. Bras are even worse. Well, underwear yeah. are $45. Are they? I know bras are. Like Yeah, bras, I mean, right? underwear, depending on the type and whatever and you know, yes, they can be, you know, obviously I think Victoria's Secret, I think they still got the five for 20, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, $20 for five pairs of underwear is a lot, you know, <laughs> compared to like, if you can get like eight for $10, you know, if it's just the regular schmegular, you know, Hanes pack or whatever. So yes, underwear, just that type of undergarments, you know, for women is expensive. I think basically because of what it takes to get made. I remember back in the day when they had a guy version of uh, Victoria's Secret called Fredericks of Hollywood. 
That's a guy. It was a guy version. That's no, that's lingerie. It was for women. No, because they had the they had the underwear with the dick, uh, like where you could stick your dick in the a place of like an elephant trunk. I thought that was still a lingerie thing, but yeah, all right. But okay. I mean, they had, okay. they had underwear for men. I mean, okay. Well, if they had, I mean, if they that. If, that could okay because it was just I guess I was just thinking like Fredericks of Hollywood was still very much yeah uh, for women it was just the it was definitely more sexual lingerie yeah then and, and the reason why I thought it was for guys is because whenever we went in there we just made we just looked at the underwear for guys and was just like yeah you should buy me some of these she was like why the fuck would I do that. <laughs> I was like, because my dick goes in the trunk. And she was like, why the fuck would I do that? (laughs) And when you ask twice, that meant just give it up. Um, So I just thought that it was a place primarily for guys. It it, it likely was a place for all comers. I know that it's not in the malls near me anymore. Um, But that was the only place like where you could walk through the mall and well, I'll take that back. Cause you could walk your happy ass into a JC Penney's right up the, right at the end of the mall. Cause JC Penney's are always at the end of the mall. Like see they're at the left-hand side all the way down or the right-hand side all the way down. Well, now it's Macy's and Sears on the left-hand side, all the way down the right-hand side, all the way down. And then maybe a Nordstrom somewhere in the middle. Cause they're like premium shit, but you can go in there and buy underwear. So I take back the whole statement I was about to make. You don't even know what I was going to say. I'm going to change the subject right now. A uh, 22-year-old Indian man apparently fuming that he didn't receive a new Jaguar from his parents pushed his brand-new BMW into a nearby river where it sank. Damn. Dramatic video footage shot on Friday shows the white beamer slowly drifting down a river uh, in the northern Indian city of Har- Haryana. When the youth was plunging the high-end BMW into the river, he also made a video and put it on social media, said the police. The car soon got stuck on a clump of tall grass before the man attempted to retrieve it, reported the news. Video shows several men attempting to pull the car back onto land with ropes. The man, known only as Akash, allegedly drove the, vi- the vehicle to the embankment of the river and let it slide into the water. Officials said no charge has been filed, who they claim uh, has a mental deficiency and is undergoing treatment. Akash was unhappy with his parents, not with his father, not buying him a Jaguar, uh, said the police in a statement. He deliberately pushed the luxury vehicle into the river. Damn. I mean, so are we assuming that he got this BMW instead? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he That's got exactly the, what happened. Yeah. He got a BMW instead of what he actually wanted, which was a Jaguar. I, I really wanted to say white people shit, and then I realized this is in India. Yeah. Well, that's because, you know, entitled motherfuckers are everywhere. Right? Who knew? Like, I... I uh, California narcissism. <laughs> I mean, I thought... I, I In Dubai, yeah, certainly. Why the fuck not? But I just, I just knew that this is in like Connecticut. I knew that this is the uh, white guy named like Francis who just got fed up with it and dunked his car into the river. But 
if you do that, don't, don't, don't. The brand new, the the new new BMW. You you put it in the river. Why? What are you okay? Was it a car accident? What happened? Remember when I said I wanted a Jaguar? <laughs> yeah, I remember. Ta-da! Are you fucking serious? <laughs> like, yo, this car cost forty-seven thousand dollars. Are you serious? I don't have anything else to say than that. There's no jokes or anything like, yo, like you should be ashamed of yourself or you're selfish or whatever it may be. It's just like, are you fucking serious? Maybe it's because I love BMWs. Okay. I wonder why they just didn't get him the Jag. Not that he it deserves the Jag. 13000 more, most likely. But it's just like, why didn't you? I don't know. They shouldn't have gotten him anything. Oh, he, yeah, but it sounds like like he seems like the type of person who would have like literally tried to cause harm to you if you don't get like this unfairly just makes somebody sound entitled, like you said, entitled as fuck. I, I don't even know what to then. I mean, I guess no, nah, I can't even try to defend this. It's just entitled. Like yeah. who gets a BMW and just goes. Fuck you, mom. I can't believe you gave me a BMW. Get yeah. this trash out of my face. Like, that's all I hear in my head. At and that then, like, point in time, I guarantee you, they are not calling them mom. Fuck you, Bridget. <laughs> no, but no, I mean, I think the person who does that is somebody who probably has had a lot of stuff. You know, like, what am I trying to say? Basically that, you know, white people don't have a monopoly on being entitled and that it's probably more about being being rich, having, you know, having a lot of money and motherfuckers who have a lot of money who think they're supposed to have certain things because they have a lot of money get mad when they don't get that thing. Yeah, I can, I can see that kind of like basically he feels like, well, I asked for a Jaguar. It's only $13,000 more. You knew what I wanted. You always get me what I want. Right. Why the fuck would you buy this? Right. Like you know I don't want this. You know I don't want this shit. You know, like it's the you know, like it's the equivalent of you know, you ask your mom for uh, a transformer. You know, that's a particular thing. Like that's you know, that's the brand, a transformer, but they get you like the dollar general version of a transformer you're gonna be salty <laughs> mm, why are you bringing up old shit <laughs> how dare you bring me a transforming robot nah, not a transformer i asked damn for, robots i asked for Soundwave, and my mom bought me a motherfucking gobot nigga like oh my god i was so petulant like <laughs> i was inconsolably petulant and gobots weren't cheap but they were cheap to me because it wasn't a fucking transformer. <laughs> and I told my mom, I don't want this. I told my mom that I was going to call her by her first name. Because she didn't deserve <laughs> to be called mom anymore. Bruh. Bruh. Like, it was so bad. And it was over a transformer that turned into a funky-ass gobot. 
And I'm still like, literally, I want to be like, in hindsight, this, that, and the third. But you hear that I can't stop calling it a funky ass go by. <laughs> <laughs> that showed you what I think of that shit. I was not, I wasn't having it all. Like, like, what the fuck is this bappy horse shit? Where, where, what store do you go to to find a fucking go by? Look, I tried. I tried. <laughs> I tried to lose that shit. I took it to school and I left it on my desk. And one of the kids ran up to me and said, you left this behind. And I was like, son of a fuck. And I kept that go by. Like, it wouldn't break. It wouldn't bend. It wouldn't do nothing but transform. And that shit was like, you know, when you get the Hot Wheels, and they got like the wheels that actually roll and shit and they good. And then you get like somebody else walks up and they're like, uh, let's play with the Hot Wheels. And they pull out like this matchbox uh, car with the plastic yellow tires that are on a like bobby pin that's bent in half and shit. And so the tires don't roll as well. And so you make fun of them and kick them up, kick them in the butt and tell them to get off your block. <laughs> That was me with that go-bot. I couldn't walk up to nobody. I was so ashamed of that fucking go-bot. And I knew that if I lost it, my mom would buy me another one. I knew it. I knew it. So now that you mention it, I can empathize with this motherfucker. (laughs) I, if I could have gotten away with it, I would have flushed that bitch down the toilet so quickly (laughs) and been like, Santa took my gift back. can i have sound wave now all i wanted was the fucking radio was that asking for too much i don't know i was seven but i know what i didn't was a fucking gobot oh oh my (laughs) god just saying the name gets caught in your throat and makes you kind of want to vomit and did you have any gobots Shantae, did 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 Jarman get any gobots? No, like no, Jarman didn't. Jarman was um by the time it got by the time Jarman got old enough to care, he wasn't really into Transformers anymore anymore. He was more into Power Rangers and stuff like that. And I was only into Transformers for like two seconds. I was definitely more like Barbie dolls and, and gem and shit. Like I was into my dolls. I wasn't really into into any of that. But I would have been salty. As far as like, I told you what I wanted, please get me this thing. Like, this is what I want. You know, please do not like, oh, it's so it's, it's, it still feels shameful to think about. But I had a friend who got me a doll for Christmas or something. And it was like, it wasn't Barbie. It wasn't a Barbie doll. And I know my, I can, like, I, I'm sh- my fa- I think my face told that it was just like, this is not it. You know, this is not what the fuck I want. You know, because it was like the squishy plastic doll, you know, like it's probably like five or six dollars. It wasn't like the hard plastic Barbie. And it was just like, I can't fucking, you know, like her legs didn't bend or anything. Her, you know, her arms were straight. Her legs didn't like bend so she could sit. It was just like, this was not what the fuck I wanted you know, 
Mm. And I know I was shitty and I still feel bad about being shitty, you know, or whatever. Cause it's just stupid. It was just like, why would you act this way over a fucking doll? But I just, that perception of just like, I play with Barbie dolls. These are the <laughs> dolls I play with. Like this, and and for one, it's like it's 1990 or 80, whatever. That's all the fucking dolls there really were, were Barbie, you know? And so give me a fucking Barbie doll. Like that's, right. you know, like, but so I get the, the disdain, but it's still very embarrassing to admit that I had that disdain. Cause it's just like, who the fuck you think you are? Little eight, <laughs> nine, 10 year old, you little bitch. Like, <laughs> like what a dick. Well, you know, you're mean. You were mean to your friend who got you a Christmas present. What's wrong with you? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, but fuck that nigga. Do you not see this shit? Like, I wanted a Barbie and she got me a fucking Bambi. Like, what the fuck? Look, mom, mom, mom. No, mom. I'm not gonna go into the back with you, mom. I'm not going. You, you want to be friends, mom? You that's that was my line when I knew I had gone too far. When I knew I had fucked the fuck up and crossed all the way over, everything will just like I'd be like, nah, 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 nah. I'm gonna fight this fool. I'm gonna fight him. I'm gonna. Fi- oh, you want to be friends, mom? You want to be, why don't we be friends, mom? Let's just, let's just forget anything I just said and let's be friends because GoBots were my thing. Barbies were your thing. Mm -hmm. I was witness to a birthday party and I love talking about this story where a little girl got the same box of crayons three times in one party. That's awful. It was great. <laughs> like, they were all wrapped up. This was back in, like, 92, 93. And so, no, it might not have been. It happened. No, I take that back. This was my niece. This is my little, no, this is my little cousin. Final answer, little cousin. And so the packages were wrapped up, and she was, like, seven. First box she opened up was crammed, and she was all excited because she had just gotten a coloring book, you know, whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and bought it as a group. The coloring book and the crayons were in the same pack. She opened up a few more gifts and had other stuff, other shit, whatever, whatever. She opened up the gift that had the next box of crayons in it, and the smile was just plastered on her face. And the... uh thank you that she gave after her mom was like say thank you because she tried to just put it to the side and move on to the next gift Mm -hmm. the thank you was like thank you like i can't even (laughs) say you know that petulant i don't want to say thank tyrone i know you know i know you know that little the petulant little kid i don't want to say thank you Listen, man, I know that one completely well. Not, o- not only do my daughters do it, uh, my wife used to do it when she was young. We're, we're a family of don't give me shit I don't want. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's real. <laughs> like, I mean, like my family is one of the ones where it's like, look, if you don't know what they want, just give them money. Yes. Give, them money. give me the gift it's card. Yes. Gift. yes. Give me the gift card. Give me the money. Oh, he likes video games. Which one? I don't know. Get him a gift card to GameStop. Thank you. <laughs> so, like, my family has always been the, like, nah, we're we not going to sit here and pretend like we're happy. And that's what like, she did. 
That's precisely what she did when she opened up that third box and went. <laughs> she went. Shit. I already got this. What? <laughs> I already got this. Oh and right there. Why did you do it was on your list. Your mom said to get you crayons and clothes. I got crayons. I don't want any more crayons. Why did you get me crayons? It's that one and that one, and I don't want to use this one. I don't want this. Take these back. I don't want this. Damn. Somebody turned to their partner and said, baby got an attitude. <laughs> oh, my God. And see, that's so mean. That's so mean. Because, like, if they had paired it probably with, like, another coloring book, it, that's them thinking ahead. It's just like, here's crayons. Here's a coloring book. That matches. But just, like, here's some fucking crayons. Like, just by themselves. Like, that's, oh, man. And, and then go make her feel bad. Her mom or, was like, come on. Come on. Just... Just move on to the next gift. And she was too far past gone. And she was like, why? So I got more crayons? <laughs> oh, poor baby. And so, <laughs> like they shut the party down. <laughs> <laughs> like the like the like the like the the piano player in color purple like dong time to go like <laughs> they they had to shut the party they told her you must be tired <laughs> so they shut the party down and turned it into an adult party while uh -huh. she stood in the back and watched and it was the best because I hadn't bought her shit and um. I didn't know what to get this little girl. I, I didn't really care. I was there, so I didn't get fined. And so, like, she's moving through the gifts like a hurricane. I'm like, shit, I'm glad I didn't buy her any fucking crayons. Like, <laughs> that's, that's my gift to you, little nigga. Not crayons. <laughs> Ta-da! What'd you get for my birthday, Uncle Darius? Not crayons. Ta-da! <laughs> she was like, like this one and this one. <laughs> Oh God! Oh, the only thing that used to be worse than that was getting the crayons, like the generic crayons, like getting GoBots. But getting the crayons that didn't even draw if you didn't color from the right angle and shit. Oh, oh! I got those once. I was so pissed. I threw them in the trash. <laughs> like I was like, these are not Crayola. I do not want these. Yeah. See. Yeah. And that's another. That's another one of those things where you know, like the brand matters and you get you end up getting the crazy art crayons and it's just like how dare you crayola is right there how dare you bring this swill to me how dare you <laughs> i know somebody who uh was shamed publicly well. because they had a sleepover at their house and the kids were like we're thirsty and they pulled out Flavor Aid. Oh no! Instead of pulling out Kool Aid. Oh. And so one of the kids was like, "What is it?" Because the Flavor Aid, I could tell, folks. I've been around for a while. I'm pretty sure that this is the right one. The Flavor Aid character on the front isn't the Kool Aid man. It's a straw. 
if I remember correctly. It's like a straw with eyeballs. And they were like... Was it really? Because... Oh, wow. I think so. I, I'm pretty certain that that's what the Flavor Aid um, mascot was. A straw but with eyeballs. That's awful. They were like, "What? what is this? Like, what's this supposed to be? Yep, a straw with eyeballs. And they were like, what is this? What's this supposed to be? And they were like, it's Kool-Aid. And the kid was like, this ain't Kool-Aid. <laughs> and the oh. way that they said it, you just knew oh. that it was like, just stop talking, little nigga. Just, it's not Kool-Aid. No, it's not. It's okay. They were like, what is oh. that? And they were like, it's flavor aid. And none of the kids wanted to drink it. Which oh. I don't think the parents cared because, you know, fuck it, we're saving the drink. But I think they might have made fun of the kid going forward. I don't remember. But it was just I like, mean, what is that? I mean, but instead of flavor, they could have just got insert color slash flavor here drink. Yeah. I mean, you could have just got grape drink or orange drink. <laughs> like, that would have been better than flavor aid and probably cheaper. Much cheaper. Maybe better. But kids don't give a fuck. No. Kids don't, and kids care, and kids definitely care about. Well, they they care about the brand and consistency. I think is what it is. It's just like anything, you know. They're getting this because they think that their parents know best, or this is the best thing, or this is what they see on TV, and anything outside of that is mediocre. Mm-hmm. Which is fucked up. Because I really, I don't remember having Flavor Aid, but I just wonder, like, if you tell me that, okay, Flavor Aid, when you put the sugar and the water in it, it just doesn't taste good. It's just Flavor Aid has less taste. You are right. It has less taste. Like, okay. (laughs) See? But that's the thing. Like, if you tell me that that thing doesn't, you know, isn't up to par with this other thing, then it's just like, okay, it's not about the brand. This is about quality, whatever. It's just that sometimes kids don't, don't even know. It's just, oh, I don't like this because it's not this other thing, and that's when it's fucked up. I'm just saying. I understand now, but when that go-bot slid across my mind, <laughs> you still don't understand. Right? <laughs> You're working it out. Right? <laughs> working it out right now. Right? Like, I'm ready to call my mom up right now. Be like, you remember that go-bot? <laughs> How dare you? How de- the temerity of this woman, <laughs> the unmitigated gall to go you know, out and buy me <laughs> the wrong shit like that. <laughs> but it was you, like, you, oh my god! You, like, you know look, what you hold on, hold on, hold on. You went out. Parents are like, I went out and bought you something, which is a good thing. My mom thought of me and went out and bought me something, but in my mind, it's like you went out and bought me. Dot, 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 ellipsis, 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 the wrong shit. <laughs> oh, no. Thank you, mommy. Thank you, mommy. Thank you, mommy. You bought me the wrong shit. <laughs> Literally, you bought me. It's like, so you went out, thought about me enough to get me not what wrong I shit. wanted. <laughs> yeah. And that's frustrating. Like, this is silly, but it's frustrating to to ask for something think they understand what you want and then they give you something that is not that thing because then it's like what the fuck did you even ask me for mm-hmm. or, or you know what you didn't have they didn't have it and i wasn't expecting it just don't buy it 
yo, yo, you can come at, yes, like you can come at me empty handed if it means you're not disappointing me. Like, don't come at me, just don't bring me something. And because you can't, you feel some kind of way coming empty handed, but and you just go disappoint me. Like, if you say it wasn't there, it's just like, oh, okay, I understand. You care about me enough to not disappoint me in that way. That's right. If I had a dollar for every kid I saw back in the Nintendo era get a gift from their dad who was never around or in their lives, whatever it may be, and all they wanted was like Contra, Akari Warriors, Mike Tyson's Punch Out, fuck it, Double Dribble, and they opened it up and they had that broke off bootleg Japanese 50 and one. Oh. <laughs> What is this? Well, I thought of you. You, I don't know what you were thinking, but you shouldn't have thought that. Like, what exactly is this supposed to be right here? Oh man, fuck, go by. It's, it's it's literally like I thought of you, and you're like, well, think harder, right? <laughs> <laughs> please, 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 put more effort. Just, just, just a little bit more. Turn the light bulb, turn the light bulb on just a little brighter, and think a little harder. So, uh, one of the last things I wanted to talk about, uh, recently, Jay-Z signed with Rock Nation, well, Rock Nation signed to be the ambassador of music for the NFL. Jay-Z basically signed his, uh, signed to help choose the um, music for the Super Bowl uh, and also to open up conversations regarding uh, social justice and to help uh, have a larger pedestal for uh, just social justice in the NFL. That's, that's, I, I think that that's pretty much what the idea was when Jay-Z signed over, like when he joined the NFL. And obviously, he's not doing What's not obviously okay, so he's not doing what black folks expected him to do because he was the one who was talking about how he was standing with Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. and how he was boycotting the Super Bowl and actually talked about that on one of the songs that was on his album with Beyonce and all that good stuff. Uh, but now he's talking about how he can take what Colin was trying to do even further. Like he didn't mention Colin except to say that he spoke with Colin Kaepernick, which Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend popped up real quick and was like, no, the fuck he didn't. Um, but yeah, long story short, Jay-Z and the NFL are now partners in crime. Um, and they mm-hmm. said that he will contribute to the league's activism campaign, Inspire Change. Uh, he told the New York Times this week that the NFL has a great big platform and it has to be all inclusive. They're willing to do some things to make some changes that we can do some good with. Mm-hmm. And everybody, yeah. you know, got on Jay-Z because uh, he was, because this isn't what Colin Kaepernick would have wanted. Um, and folks like he sold out for the money, whatever it may be. Um, and I can't argue on either side. Like, honestly, at this point in time, 
Jay-Z is not a relative of mine. I can't control what billionaires do with their money, but this seems like what billionaires do with their money is that they make decisions that may not be popular with a lot of people because they know there's more money to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do know is that a story erupted today uh, that says that Jay-Z is going to become part owner of an NFL team. And it's going to happen soon. This is on TMZ Sports. Right. Did, did uh, they say which team yet? No, it just says that he has a significant ownership interest in the NFL team. Um, and as for which team, we're not being told, but we are told it's going to happen in the near future. Now, hmm. this is the reason why he made that business deal is because he knew he was going to be an owner of a team. Does that change your ideas about Jay-Z and him joining the NFL? No. Well, it doesn't change. Like, okay, if Jay-Z had did this on just like some straight business stuff, like I, Jay-Z, have made a deal with the NFL to handle their music. This is in his wheelhouse. He has people, you know, whatever, who might want to come on and everything. This is just, this is a business deal that music people make with a corporation that has people perform at certain times. It's like, this makes sense. Now, granted, with all the stuff that he has said previously, I'm not surprised that somebody's going to feel some kind of way because it does seem like he was on some bullshit. Like you was only you was only mad because they wasn't paying you, which is fine, valid. The problem is that he's trying to couch this deal in activism, and my thing is is how much activism can you do when you're attached to somebody who's paying you? You're only gonna go so far, you know. You're not gonna bring, uh. You know, if you have an artist who speaks out against the NFL or speaks out against, you know, the government or whatever, you're probably not going to make sure that person gets on the Super Bowl, you know, to perform, do the halftime show. You're going to pick the person who's as who's going to keep you able to keep that deal intact. So this idea that he's somehow going to be able to attach activism to it, it's only going to go so far because he's supposed to be making money from this deal as well. So mm -mm, this is it. If he had just did this on some music shit, it's just like, oh, you want some bullshit, Jay-Z. But he's trying to turn this into him doing something in line with what Colin Kaepernick was doing. And that just doesn't, it it doesn't make any sense. It just, it's just All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my personal opinion on this is a little bit varied. Um, from the business perspective, as far as the music is concerned, like like Shante said, I I may not a hundred percent agree with it, but I can understand it. Because I mean, ultimately, the whole goal is to make as much as possible, and you know. The part about the activism, I'm not going to say he hasn't been doing stuff because he has been trying to do stuff for different people. So I guess my question and I guess the way that I'm looking at it is almost more of a wait and see because I'm looking at it from the standpoint of like, okay, now you're becoming an owner. So are you going to change ownership culture? You know, by becoming an owner, are you going to be a different type of owner? Like what, 
what happens there with that aspect. And then as far as, you know, him dealing with the NFL, if you really think about it, he's already still been involved anyway because he's owner of Rock Nation. And Rock Nation management does have athletes in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So it's not like he hasn't been dealing with them. It's just I'm interested to see how this really plays out because perhaps he's, he's privy to some information that we're not. And so he looks shady and he knows he's going to look shady to some people right now. But, you know, perhaps, you know, it may really turn out that, you know, some good actually can be done from this, which I guess is better than what they were doing before in the NFL, which was trying to bury their head in the sand and act like nothing was happening. So, I mean, if good can come out of this, I'm all for it. But in the same token, like, I feel like it's only going to look good when everything is over and done with and finished and the history books are written about it and everybody has a chance to see everything. But right now it it doesn't look good for him, but I can see from a business perspective why, you know, you got to do what you got to do for you. You know, he got, he's got his kids, man. He's got his family. He's got to try to keep that money because it ain't like he's doing all this activism and everything else for free. You know I mean? He, he's paying people's bails and, paying people's legal fees and doing all this stuff. I know he's got to be trying to make a bigger impact and why not partner with somebody who is in need of a good PR facelift. They need it. So technically he could, he could actually push them because the NFL does have a need for the PR facelift. And then they're working with somebody of his caliber. It could literally give the NFL, you know, some of the boost that they need. And then Jay-Z get sales off of extra people so i mean uh, technically it could be a win-win but we'll see right but couldn't they have just like given colin his job back you know yeah, in that theory was... that's i mean that's, <laughs> that's the problem i mean because that's the problem with the, with the whole situation it's just like yes they need something but they need something because they did colin so dirty based yeah. on what he was protesting against The problem for them with Colin, though, is they dug in so hard at this point. I think it's literally a face issue. And they're like, well, we dug in so hard. We, you know, did what we have to do, blah, blah, blah. So now they just, you know, like when you get into a fight with somebody, you know, and then both of y'all too, you know, proud to just be like, all right, F it. I was on some other stuff. You know, let's just squash this, you know, but both of y'all stay pissed. It seems like that's what it is. Plus, Colin DeWent got it. He's getting money from his advertisements. He's he's right. doing all right, you know, and, and good things have come out of it for him. And he even got some of that settlement from the what, what appears to be the NFL collusion money right. <laughs> to, from keeping him out. So it's not that he didn't get paid. The problem really is it's not him. It's for the next person. Because there's going to be another protest. The question is, when that happens, how do they handle it this time? I just feel like the way Jay-Z came up off of this is like when a kid in school has their hand raised and the teacher won't call on them. And they just won't call on them, no matter how much they lean forward or have their hand attached to their elbow to help prop up their hand or whatever, and the teacher won't call on them. And then somebody else in the class raises their hand and the teacher says yes and calls on them. And the other kid is like, so-and-so has their hand up. 
I feel like Colin had his hand up and the NFL kept ignoring him. And then they finally called on Jay-Z and Jay could have been like, Colin has his hand up. If y'all want me to come over here, you really got to do something about this Colin Kaepernick situation. But instead of him doing that, he profited directly off of what Colin has done. Right. That's what I feel. I feel like he's profited off what Colin has done because uh, without Colin doing all this and putting in all this work and getting blackballed and the collusion and the whole nine yards, the NFL wouldn't have needed Jay-Z. Right. That's true. That's very true. I'm not even going. I'm not even going to disagree with that because that's uh, that's facts. <laughs> so at some point, Jay Z needs to acknowledge that Colin has his hand up even now, and with him stepping into an ownership role at this point in time, it's starting to seem a lot like the end of Animal Farm, where the the animals looked from the men to the pigs, and from the pigs back to the men, and it was hard to tell them apart. Jay-Z oh, was wow. talking all that hoopla about how he was there for Colin, wearing Colin Kaepernick's jersey while he was performing and all this extra credit stuff. But now that he wants to be an owner, like, it feels like this whole thing was disingenuous. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It and feels like this whole thing was a long con for him to be able to step in there and be like, yo, I can make all this shit go away. Just hire me. Yeah, that's a possibility. And also, if he becomes an owner... Who is he going to be more beholden to? Mm-hmm. You know, he's probably going to identify more with the owners. Mm-hmm. Well, let and me so ask he's... you. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was, I was going to say the the real question is also with him becoming an owner, is he going to become a majority owner? Right. That's it, another question. Cause, yes. Because if he's a majority owner, then there's probably a silent minority within the ownership that he could get to agree with him nah, and nah, make a change. Fuck that shit. If he becomes a majority owner and the first thing he does is not sign Colin Kaepernick, if he does not get in there, <laughs> and I'm so fucking sincere. If he steps in there as an owner, he better put Colin on his team immediately. That's the only way that this is going to work out. And even then it's not going to work out because it's not the white owners who put Colin back on the team. It's the one black owner. There's no way that this thing can look good. And Jay-Z can't save himself or make himself look better for what he did in this situation. He didn't have to do this. And he's, and he's taking the brunt of the criticism because he jumped in this, Mm -hmm. you know, that the NFL, I mean, it's really the NFL's problem that Jay-Z is essentially saying that he can solve and but it's it was the nfl's problem they could have fixed it without having jay-z they could have fixed it it's just like if you like if you tell me that they're gonna start you know acknowledging that the police you know that police brutality is bad and colin was right and he wasn't disrespecting you know, the troops and the flag and all this different kind of stuff, then maybe that's, then maybe that's the good that can come out of it. I just don't think that those white people really feel that way. I don't think they've changed. I don't think they agree with Colin Kaepernick. And that's where the problem is. I think this goes back to our, our uh, rich boy who threw the BMW in the river. And, uh, I think this isn't necessarily a white people thing. I think it's a rich people problem because it's real easy to be disingenuous and see things and be like, oh, well, we never have to deal with that. That's never our problem, blah, 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 blah. 
but then you know somebody comes along and is like hey there's an issue here we need to deal with it and they're like no it's not and not only that get out of our team get off of our league mm-hmm. you know and now you got somebody else stepping up going okay i can fix your problem but then the question is see and i think what's what's making me curious about seeing what jay-z will do is i legitimately just want to see what he's going to say how is how is his plan to actually fix this going to work because just him showing up ain't going to be enough you know i mean and i could see him trying to say well i'll get my wife to do the halftime show and that'll bring some people but again you know that's still not fixing the actual issue so the question is you know i know the nfl has said they're going to bring all these programs cuz the NFL is 100, and they're trying to show that they're turning over a new leaf, blah, blah, blah. But right now, all it is is talk, and until actual actions, words, and things change, and really, I wouldn't even expect them to bring Colin back, but an apology would be nice. I I would like to see an apology. I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be interesting to see the NFL just admit that they were wrong. I think that the idea that this is a rich person thing it's true to an extent, but Jay-Z is a rich black person. And That's so my point. <laughs> it's been a room full of rich white men who have been doing this bullshit all this time. And to be honest, a rich Indian man, because the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars is a chic male, so an Indian dude. But when Jay-Z stepped in, he had a chance to, he's been on the right side of this argument this whole time. It's been him, Colin, and Eric Reed. Those have been the three people I know. Oh, and Michael Bennett. And Kit and folks have been getting removed from teams. Eric Reed is still getting drug tests after drug tests. Like he got drug tested three times in the first three weeks of the NFL preseason. Like they're hemming these other folks up. Michael Bennett got released from the Seahawks because of his opinion on this shit. Jay Z is talking shit about how they won't do the Super Bowl, how until Colin comes back, we're not going to do all this, whoop-de-whoop, whoop-de-bam, whatever it may be. And as soon as he gets a seat at the rich people's table, as soon as he gets a seat at the white people's table in the NFL, as soon as he gets into the door with the owners, he turns into Jamie Foxx with Donald Trump, and that's what I'm mad about. Nigga, if you're going to say that shit, then say that then. When you're in front of him, say that then. But as soon as you get a chance and you're in front of them, all of a sudden it's like, nah, we need to go ahead and work out this deal. And let me find out you worked out this deal while you were saying this stuff about how you supported Colin. Like, you're supposed to be the streets, Jay. I know that you made your way from the streets to becoming the richest musician, the richest musician out there. But you're still, like, your whole status is still, I went from Marcy to the penthouse. But you're still supposed to have that hood in you. You literally left that nigga on the corner like, all right, Colin, I'll see you later. Where are you going? Don't worry about it. You just stay here. I'll be back. So, yeah, if he gets into the league, there's literally nothing that he can do to clean this up. History will forget that he did this because that's how history works. They get to rewrite history to fit their needs. But right now, it's a real bad look for him. It's a real shady look. I'm very curious to hear Colin's take on this. I know what his, what his girlfriend's take is on it. 
Yeah, I, I heard you say that, and literally all that popped in my mind is she popped up like the exclamation point over a guard's head in Metal Gear. <laughs> <laughs> like she was like, what? No, you didn't. <laughs> so, I mean, but that's, that's, see, I don't know. I think, like, even him saying that he spoke to Colin, if he didn't, that's a huge, huge mistake on his part. Because, like, why would you even say that if you didn't? Why, why try to, why try to cat? Like, you've been trying to keep it real. Like, don't cap now. Right. And that's what makes it, like, there's so many instances where uh, Jay-Z has been questionably shady as far as his business dealings are concerned that this feels like just another one of those instances where he's, you know, he's just, you know, he's making a business deal for himself. And like you said, him saying that, yeah, I spoke to Colin. It's just like, you know, it doesn't look good. So you're trying to make it look good. But it's like, well, why are you trying to make it look good? Why did you make this decision? You just, you couldn't just, you know, you didn't have to turn it into what you turned it into. You would have just been like, we would have, people would have felt some kind of way. But if it was just a music thing, it's just a music thing. Yeah. Or if you actually spoke to Colin. Yeah. There's there's a thought. Don't say you spoke to him if you haven't talked to him yet. I mean I mean, especially if you feel that you have to throw his name out there. It doesn't make sense to do that without having spoken to him first. So hopefully something will be said and things will get better. But right now it, it don't look good for Jay Z. I feel for the boy. Uh <laughs> billionaires' lives must be kinda hard. I, I don't know. I don't feel I don't feel anything for the nigga. Me either. (laughs) Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend Nessa uh, said it's typical for the NFL to buy different PR looks to cover up their dirt. That's nothing new. But what is disgusting and disappointing is that Jay Z let them use him, whether Mm -hmm. Jay Z knew it or not. And I don't doubt his intelligence, so I would think he knew. He helped the NFL bury who he said was an iconic figure, Colin Kaepernick. Eric Reed followed up by saying that these things aren't mutually exclusive. He could have done this and still helped out Colin. They can both happen at the same time. It looks like your goal was to make millions and millions of dollars by assisting the NFL in burying Colin's career. Because Jay-Z said, and I quote, Everybody knows I agree with what you're saying in in Kaepernick's underlying message. So what are we going to do? Help millions or millions of people, help millions and millions of people, or do we get stuck on Colin not having a job? Nigga, fuck you. Right, right. And then the other thing, this is the the NFL we're talking about that has like a problem with domestic violence with the way that they treat their cheerleaders, the way that they treat their employees, you know, just the players and everything. So what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Well, on top of the fact that um, if we're really going to go there, think about this. Every football game for players is basically like a car crash. So just dealing with concussions and all that stuff, you're looking at people being the equivalent of 16 major car crashes a season. Mm-hmm. And yet their salaries are not guaranteed and they make right. the least out of most professional sports. That's ridiculous. But ain't nobody even thinking about that. I mean, the first thing we should be looking at is at least guaranteed money and pensions for these guys. 
the NFL is the closest thing you're going to get in sports to a slave slave owner mentality. And this is what Jay-Z is stepping into. He's already silencing the one person who was the forefront, the name of this movement. Like, He's not saying anything about, like you said, domestic violence. He's not saying anything about drug use. He's not saying anything about uh, concussions. And now you know he's not going to say anything because he's trying to become an owner. Like, bro, like how low can you go? Like how much is your soul worth? Obviously a part of an NFL team. Well, let's see if, let's see if he buys Cleveland. That'll, that'll let you know. He ain't. He's gonna get something well, in New York. I was gonna, I was gonna say, if he puts money in Cleveland and Kareem Hunt is coming back there, just saying. <laughs> nah. Yeah, I just wonder what team, because it's just there's so many, there's so many teams that seem like they're family-owned teams. It's just like, well, who are you gonna? That's a I just good don't question. think. I don't think I, I guess I, I just don't think that he's going to get like a majority ownership of anything. I just who it just owns, doesn't. Who owns the Jets? I don't know, but honestly, <laughs> honestly, and this is petty as shit. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I hope they screw him over. I hope he doesn't even get the ownership position. Oh, that's the other thing too. That's the oh, oh that's what be, makes oh, this. Man, that'd be that's, ugly. Oh, that's what makes this so messed up because that potential, in some kind of way, is there. Mm-hmm. That it's gonna be like, oh well, we want you to do this, and then he says, well, I want to do it this way, and it's just like, well, you want to do it that way? Well, fuck you. We'll get somebody else to do it, and then it's just over with. It is just done. Like you can't do anything, and. Mm-mm. Like, no, no. And that's just the fact that, you know, they need the the PR thing. But I would think that once it feels like they're, the slate has kind of been wiped away, that they, that he's expendable. The possible, there's a possibility that he's expendable. Well, let's not even, let's not even kid ourselves. As, as sad as this is to say, even though Jay-Z is out here trying to play chess and trying to make these moves for himself, in the NFL's eyes, everyone is expendable. So they're going to get him to try to do as much as they can to help rehabilitate their image. And they probably will do some of the good things that we want done. But there's still going to be issues that aren't going to be touched in the second that they try to go too far or farther than, he, than uh, they want him to go. They're going to cut him loose, and they, they just need him really through the first three to four weeks of the season because once the season gets rolling and things start going well and it looks well for everybody, once you get to the middle of the season, nobody's paying attention, and then they won't need him again really until right before the playoffs when you know they want to make sure that people are watching and paying attention. So realistically, they, they could – probably string him along for most of this season still not give him what he wants kick him out the door he'll leave with some money but he ain't gonna get a team so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens if if he gets janked then you know i mean it's it's gonna kind of be well we told you to watch out for them and this is what happens when you play with fire but on the other hand if it actually goes the way that he wants it to go i'll be highly surprised 
Here's a full quote from uh, Nessa Diab, who's Colin Kaepernick's girlfriend. She said, quote, and this is on her Instagram page. <clears throat> we will never turn our backs on Kaepernick 7 because your idols decided to work with the same organization that is actively keeping Colin unemployed, all because he peacefully protested against social injustice in black and brown communities, specifically police brutality. So really, how can Jay-Z and the NFL utter social justice in their partnership while keeping Colin unemployed because of his social justice work? Mm-hmm. It's typical for the NFL to buy different PR looks to cover up their dirt. That's nothing new. But what's disgusting and disappointing is that Jay-Z let them use him. Whether Jay-Z knew it or not, and I don't doubt his intelligence, so I would think he knew, he helped the NFL bury who he said was an iconic figure, Colin Kaepernick. Don't tell me that there's a, quote, master plan and wait for it, because mm-hmm. the only reason anything would ever change is because the people are loud and clear and won't let the league buy their loyalty with their disingenuous moves. The people are letting the league and anyone who works with them know that they're not buying their BS. Thank you all so much for co- showing Colin so much support and love. I know for myself, I can't thank y'all enough for loving my family. That's a good statement. <laughs> that is well crafted. Like you can't really say nothing against that. You can't. But I mean, he, basically, all she, all she said was uh, she's standing with her man, and she's a, she's upset that the people that he looks up to ain't standing by him. But the real talk is going to be if the ratings and stuff are still low, we'll see what happens. Because they, they they're already talking about change because of last season, so. It'll be interesting to see. But, uh, yeah, she got points. And Mm -hmm. uh, if this was a battle, she would have had some serious bars. Man, Eric Reed said straight out that uh, the NFL is hiding behind Jay-Z's black face to cover up blackballing Colin. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Because people, you you know, because people, you know, as like like Kenny Stills on Mm -hmm. the Miami Dolphins is still kneeling at Mm -hmm. at this point. He's still kneeling. And so any, you know, so whether it's him or it's some, you know, if somebody else starts to kneel, people will tell themselves and tell, uh, you know, will say, well, the NFL is working with Jay-Z. They've changed. They're doing something different. Why is he still kneeling? It's that it's that kind of thing that you know where they can say, "Look, look what we've done." Whether anything ever happens or not, whether anything is like majorly impactful or not, they can say they can you know hook themselves to the fact that look, we're working with Jay Z, mm-hmm. and the you know and the you know the people who watch the show, you know who watch the NFL can say that, can parrot that same thing. They can say, well, the NFL's doing something different. They, and the way, with it, the way that they'll word it is, we tried to bridge the divide by hiring Jay-Z to work with us, and now he's doing, like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying not to be jaded and, and, and down on this. Oh, I'm jaded <laughs> as fuck. I'm hella jaded. I, I, look, look, you hear the words I'm, I'm trying real hard but uh i i got nothing <laughs> i got nothing on this one yeah i think if it was a different organization 
and that organization didn't have the track record that it had, I think it would be easier for me to kind of be like, oh, well, let's see what happens or whatever, you know, this is, but it's just like, this is, you know, Colin's been out of work, you know, for what, it's three years? Is it three years? Mm -hmm. You know, because he kneeled. You know, and that's, and this is, and this was like one of the things that I was talking, you know, it's, it's a, the, there was like a, there was a teacher in Florida who wrote this whole spiel about basically, you know, we've had a black president and uh, we've had this thing and that thing and slavery's over and all this different kind of stuff. And if you don't want to stand for, uh, the Pledge of Allegiance or the anthem, something is wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And my thing is like, okay, it's free speech not to stand. You know, like that's, you know, like you don't have to do that. You know, it's free speech not to do it. But this problem with people who are so focused on, you know, people got all this smoke for all, you know, valid forms of free speech and nothing nothing for like the motherfucking white supremacist shit that has been come, you know, that has been bubbling up to the surface. That's actually causing harm that shouldn't be protected. And I think that's what, oh, it's so fucked up for the NFL to keep calling out for something that was just free speech. It was just like, they could have just been like, he can do whatever the fuck he wants to do, you know? He's not doing, he's not disrespecting the troops. This is free speech. They could have been on that side instead of insisting that he can't come back into the league and collude to keep him out. Remember when we were just talking about GoBots? Man, don't bring that (laughs) (laughs) GoBots. I was so mad. It was so easy. It could have been all so simple. Like, all I wanted was Soundwave. I didn't want Laserbeak. I didn't want Ravage. I didn't want Rat Pack. I didn't want Rumble. I just wanted Soundwave, and you bring me back this red thing. It didn't look hot. Like, I saw the the, the screen grab, and it was bull. With it a looked, smile on her face, too. Like, she just it, knew that I was going to be over the moon. And you know what? In hindsight, the look on my face is probably like the look on that little girl's face in that picture where uh, Snow White is trying to talk to her while she's eating her food. <laughs> Man. <laughs> I feel like she was like, I'm going to kill him with this one. <laughs> Watch right? this. Watch this. Like just walk all excited. And we, as parents, we've all had that moment where we brought something in and we thought it was just going to change the game. And our kids are like, Mm-mm. And you're like, dang, I put in work, but bruh, like, you know, you look in my room. Ain't no gobots here. Don't no gobots live in this place. We don't do gobots. <laughs> gobot. Like, <laughs> like, is there's not even a good song for gobots? Like, nobody's making a recreation of gobots. Like, what? <laughs> Where are you coming? GoBots, like, and it was made by Tonka, like, ugh. Like, wait, you you waiting for that Michael Bay GoBots movie to come out? 
Like, for real. There's no reason. They tried to put out a cartoon, and the cartoon was ugly. Like, when you can't even draw something to look attractive to where kids want to buy it, because really those cartoons are nothing but commercials. Right. I still didn't want to fuck with GoBots. I fucked with Mask. I fucked with the Thundercats. I fucked with He-Man. I fucked with She-Ra. I fucked with Ghostbusters. I fucked with Transformers. I mean, the toys. G.I. Joe. I, I was about to say, I know you ain't them. believe all G.I. Joe. All of them. <laughs> but fuck a go-by. <laughs> there were so many other options to be successful. No, the fuck so many. Weren't. There was a Transformer. That's it. Don't come at me with no go by. <laughs> she, she could, she could. So she she couldn't have brought you like a Snake Eyes GI Joe. Or well, yeah, that's stuff. different. Like she, but she knew I wanted a Transformer. She knew I wanted Soundwave. It might have been the same result if she had gone to the store and I thought she was giving me Soundwave and she came out with fucking Storm Shadow. That's all I'm saying. Like I wanted a Transformer. I wasn't gonna be happy with this. And look, there is literally no way in the world that you can come into my room and look at my toys and see my world and think he wants this because I couldn't find him this. And you see parents with video games doing that shit. Like I said, like find their kid like Grand Theft Auto because they can't find a copy of Madden. Oh, so, I'm not, nigga, I'm not asking for Grand Theft. I wanted Madden. Like, I'm not happy. I mean, I'm happy because I'm like a 12-year-old kid and you bought me one of the most violent games in the world. And now I'm going to go out and start shooting people in the face because I got a violent video game. And that's obviously the problem, according to that white woman. Don't you put that evil on my video games. Do, do we want to <laughs> go there real quick? Like that, we can go there. I wrote a whole paper. I wrote a whole paper on this shit. That video game caused violence, according (laughs) to uh, Republicans, and also according to one white woman Republican. uh, It's video games, the lack of fathers in the house, uh, the homosexual agenda, uh, (laughs) um, Obama. Wait, so the ballot so the ballot of gay Tony was part of the problem. Is that what? Oh my god, I loved I loved that game. (laughs) I loved that game. I love, uh, you know what? I just love the Grand Theft Auto franchise. I just, it's so terrible though. It is bull, 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 bull. It's real, real bad. Like there's some elements of it that are just not okay. It ain't worse than Saints Row. You smack people with dildos in Saints Row. Yeah, Saints Row and you smack them. They're going across the room and Saints Row is my joint. Yep. Oh, you know they're coming out with Saints Row 5, right? You already know I'm looking forward to it because I'm not worried that I'm going to go out and shoot somebody in the face. Walmart took down all advertisements for violent video games. They still got Grand Theft Auto and freaking Call of Duty right in Walmart right now. Well, yeah, they're not going to take down the they're not going to take down the games itself because that makes them money. But they're also not taking down the guns that are in the back of the fucking store either. I was going to I was going to say in the Walmart that I shop at, the guns are like 10 aisles away from the video. It's like they're all in the back in the same general area right next to the bicycles and the basketballs. Like, I'm just saying, like, really, like, okay, so, but, you know, if we're going to be real about this, if you really want to do the, how many things have people thought make people kill things? At one point in time, people thought books would make everybody kill each other because the books were so violent. And then before that, it was, it was, everybody had their own newspaper. Oh, they're going to kill each other now. 
they're reading the news and they're going to be violent. Oh, movies are going to make people kill people. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, God, no. Oh, no, no. Watch out for the internet. It's like, okay, listen, all of these things are, are, are just tools. Mm-hmm. The internet doesn't make you kill people unless you're already kind of jacked up to begin with. The, the, the real issue in this country is, you know, we got to deal with the issue of racism and speak. It's, it's all tied together. Like, if we don't deal with the actual past of this country at some point as a whole and reconcile with the fact that, yeah, we did a lot of fucked up stuff as a country. And unless we agree to try to move forward and do better as a country and not keep allowing BS, like the Tiki Torch Dangerous Posse out here, um, I'm just saying, like, it, it, you have to choose to do something better. And the problem is everybody wants to say, oh, we're not that bad. There's violent crime everywhere. And it's like, look, there are people in like the most dangerous parts of the world who be like, oh, yo, you live in America? Oh, man, you you can't even go to a store there without getting shot. And you're like, wait, what? Don't you live in Sinaloa? Yeah, man, but it's crazy up there in America, man. I don't know. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, oh, y'all motherfuckers wildin'. Like, that's, that's, I mean, yeah, like, I believe it. Like, I mean, motherfuckers, I mean, the people of overseas, they're issuing, you know, travel advisories for people, you know, if for them to come over here, you know, because right. we're not doing, because we're not doing what we're supposed to do as far as guns are concerned. It's just like, nobody should have an AR-15. They just... There's no reason. There's just, there's nothing you can hunt that needs 50 bullets that come out in a short period of time. Like, there's just, no, you don't, you don't need that. I I mean, maybe a Kodiak bear, but who's really hunting? (laughs) (laughs) But it's just, you just, you don't need it. And, And then beyond that, people shouldn't be able to just walk up into a store loaded. You know what I'm saying? Like, like not somebody who's like, obviously somebody who can, uh, who wants to do something bad can do something bad. But part of being, you know, like these people who can just, you know, all these laws that continue to change where you can have permitless carry or open carry or all this different kind of stuff, just kind of letting these guns kind of be just in public where you don't know who's a problem and who's not. You know what's you know what's interesting? So in some states you can't carry a sword or like nunchucks mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or a ninja star. But you carry a gun though. It's like, yo, know, like I'm just waiting I'm waiting for like the open broadsword carry thing. I'm just walking around with sword on my back and just hey, 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 hey. This sword's not dangerous, baby. It's not gonna hurt anybody. Like, I mean, it's basically the same logic, right? Like, I mean, and I've I've heard the arguments that people have, and it's like, well, if we take away all the guns, people will just stab everybody, and it's like, so that's your thought process? Like, they gonna run around real fast and stab people? Like, that's what you got? Right, but like, come on, man. But it's also the misconception that somebody is going to take everyone's guns. It's like, that's not what's going to happen. Nobody is going to take 
all of your guns. That's and but that's the thing. People make it seem like somebody's infringing upon their Second Amendment right, which the Second Amendment right wasn't even about. Just hey, I get to possess a gun. You know, it was I'm an not, amendment. I'm wondering how many of these people are actually in militias. Those who are in militias, I'm not talking to you. But if I mean, literally, it's to you know keep a militia to keep the government in check. Um. Most of, most of y'all just have guns to have guns. If you in a militia, all right, cool. But I'm just saying when the Black Panthers had guns, all of a sudden we were talking about gun control. So right. I don't know. I don't know if maybe the solution to this is just more Black militias and then we'll get gun control, <laughs> like as a means to win it. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the solution is other than, I don't know, maybe background checks common sense gun legislation you know all the stuff everybody already supports and i don't know if i need to come for your guns but maybe you don't need 55 of them i'm just saying right you don't yeah <laughs> you don't need 55 of them and 10,000 rounds of ammo and you shouldn't be a and i also don't think that somebody should be rolling up in the walmart with an ar-15 strapped to their back i just don't think that's okay i don't think you should be out here with an automatic weapon out here in the street like that's what's cool i just don't i just don't think that's okay it's just it's not cool it's not cool i mean no, I, I agree but even even automatics aside, semi-autos ain't exactly that much safer. I mean, it's just relegated to how fast you pull the trigger. So same kind of issue. <laughs> I just feel like, you know, maybe I don't want to be in Walmart and you just walking around with guns for the hell of it. That doesn't really make sense to me. I mean, but, you know, I'm not from an open carry state. So that could be part of the thing for me. I don't know. But, you know, to me, it's just like, you, do you need to take your gun to the store? Like, right. is, does the, does the, does, is the gun holding your wallet or is the gun paying for your stuff? Because I mean, <laughs> like you go to the register, oh yeah, the gun's got my money, man. Just hold on, Yo, ask the gun for the money. Like, I mean, what exactly are you doing? I, I don't know. Like, I mean, it, it, there should never be a moment where you got to carry your gun to the grocery store. I mean, unless you just left the shooting range, which is still, just leave it in the car. Why does it have to go in the store? Man? I, I don't know. Mm. What you think, Derek? We didn't, we didn't, we didn't got you quiet. No, you <laughs> did not. Just you know, I'm, I'm. When it's all said and done, the one thing that they will never talk about is the fact that the NRA is still funding both sides of the political party. Mm-hmm. Both political mm-hmm. parties are being funded in some way, shape, or form by the NRA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not small amounts, it's large amounts. They know what they're doing. They have lobbyists that live in Washington. Their whole focus is to get to the politicians that may be running for president, that may be running for Senate. And it's not just the president and it's not just Senate. They got lower level people in your state's office who are uh, in their pocket. So nobody's going to talk about the guns. Walmart knows that if they talk about the guns, even though John Crawford got shot because he was carrying a BB gun and the dude out there in El Paso shot people with the gun that he got, uh, while he was in a Walmart that no matter what, it's not going to stop. It's like, 
gun control at this point in time, there are so many indications that it will work. Like when you look at other countries and you see that the next uh, group below us in mass murders or, 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 or shootings is like four while we're at like 252. And they have gun control laws. They have severe gun control laws. And you see that it will work. But gun control where it should be as easy as placing a dam in the middle of a river or placing something that's going to stop the flow of water. Instead, they're putting a tiny, tiny, skinny, frail twig in the middle of a rushing river, and they're shocked that it doesn't stop anything. Thoughts and prayers aren't going to stop shootings. Stopping video games ain't going to stop shootings. Movies ain't going to stop shootings. Television ain't going to stop shootings. What's going to stop shootings is quite literally two things, taking away the guns and monitoring the terrorists who actually are here in America. They keep calling the wrong people terrorists. They want to call black people thugs and gang members. They want to call the folks, the Muslim folks, the folks of Muslim faith, terrorists. Meanwhile, white folks are going door to door and shooting people up. And I'm not just going to say that it's white people. I'm going to say that it's specifically white men. Black men don't do mass murders too often. Black men go out and they murder their girlfriends. They murder (laughs) their wives. They murder their families or the family members of their wives because they feel possession of them, which is fucked up in its own right. But because it's black people, they don't take enough notice to that to call it a mass murdering. They call the white folks who go to Sandy Hook, who go to Parkland, who go to Columbine, who go to any of these places, the the El Paso store, uh, Dylan Roof, they call them mass murders. So it's not going to stop because there's two things in there that they don't want to deal with the guns and white people. They don't want to blame either one of those because they strongly believe that those two things are the foundation of America. And as long as they believe that those are the backbone of America, we're going to keep getting shot at and we're going to keep suffering because their idea is still going to be the same refrain. And if you know the words, sing along. If you take the guns away from the good people, then all that's going to leave is bad people with guns. <sighs> that's their so fear-mongering s- statement. Ugh, which is so silly because it's just like what? And for one, there's so many like you when people are walking around with their guns and stuff, they usually have some type of uh something that they can put in a holster. You know, so what is that person with a nine millimeter gonna do? with somebody with an AR-15. Miss. Get shot. Miss. Yeah, like there's, <laughs> like, there's no good, I mean, unless the good guys with guns got AR-15s too, they're not going to be able to do anything. And if anything, if the good guys with, with guns had AR-15s too, it's probably just going to be more people getting shot and more people dying. Well, you remember what happened, I mean, even in Texas with a lot of the people who had guns, because that Walmart was an open carry store. Right. They were worried about shooting and hitting an innocent bystander, so they didn't want to shoot. Right. So you're still in the same position of how do you guarantee that you you yourself don't shoot somebody else? And then let's say you do stop the shooter. And let's say you're a person of color who stops the shooter with your weapon. 
what happens when the police come in and you have your weapon drawn? Mm -hmm. See, part of the problem is it still, there are systemic issues that have to be dealt with before those arguments can even really hold water. Yep. You know, so ultimately you, you can't fix it by, you know, looking up at the sky and saying, well, if it were rain right now, it sure would be nice. Like that, that's not what's going to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> like people have to actually do something. You know, gun control, you know, as much as people don't want to hear it, it's not going to kill you. You know, I mean, realistically, if you have to get a license to go hunting, which you should have to in most places, you got to have a license to go hunting. You should have to have a license to have your hunting rifle. If you have to do those two things, that alone it at least puts, it gives the ability for a background check, puts you on the list, gives people op an opportunity to weed out some of this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, and then again, we have people like there was a mass shooting that was stopped recently. And I don't know if it was Derek that shared the article or somebody I know where it was like a grandmother who had heard from her grandson that he was planning on shooting a bunch of people. So the grandmother just quietly got the police involved and got the grandson arrested, mm -hmm. you know, and that's something that could have happened that didn't because a family member just stepped up. And sometimes it's just as simple as, you know, he used to be social and he's not anymore. And mm -hmm. he's really into guns. And I don't know why he's so into whatever separatist organization, whether it's, you know, alt-right, whether it's super militant, whether it's a terrorist type thing, whatever it is where you get so far that you're getting radicalized. As a family member, you notice that stuff. Get, get your family member some help. Don't don't leave them out there and then let them go crazy and kill a bunch of people. You know, some of it is community based where you just gotta help. You know, and then other stuff is just like, I don't know, do the sensible thing with laws and don't just let people get whatever they want. I mean, mm -hmm. there are certain rifles and stuff that just don't make sense to own. You don't need that much firepower. If you're hunting, okay, fine, go hunting but you don't need your hunting rifle in a Walmart. Where are you right. hunting in Walmart? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but there are no deer in here. You don't need that. <laughs> like, come on, man. People in Walmart laying down and trying to take out stuffed animals or something. Like, I don't, I don't know what the purpose of even carrying certain things is. So, I don't know. <sighs> Tyrone, go ahead and yeah. let them know again where they can find your book at. Go ahead and do your shout outs. All right. So first and foremost, you can find me more than likely on Instagram <laughs> at Poet Shadow Publishing. Uh, I don't really be on Twitter like that, so I'm not going to shout out my Twitter. Um, you can also follow me on Facebook, Poet Shadow Publishing, and also my book, Truth and Illusions, uh, part one of the If This All Came Came Down series is available on Amazon for Kindle and Amazon paperback. Uh, again, just search, you can either search Truth and Illusions on Amazon or you can just search my name, Tyrone Bullock Jr. My book should come right on up and you'll be able to enjoy. Follow Poet Shadow Publishing on IG. Shanta? Uh, shout out to Tyrone for being on the show tonight. Thank you. And uh, shout out to everybody who continues to, you know, share the show and, and listen to the show. If there's anything that you heard that you liked or you didn't like, 
you know, let us know. We want to politic with you. We want to talk to you. We want the we want the conversation to not just happen on the show. We want to converse with you. So we appreciate your feedback. Also, shout out to Tamika. Like I, I just kind of you know wanted. To, I, I thought she was going to show up. I, I did. I did. I thought she was going to. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I, I'm going to throw this plug in for her. She has a speaking engagement tomorrow uh, with um, one of her friends. So she's actually going to be speaking to a, a group of young women and about uh, just careers and uh, trying to get themselves together to move forward. So she's currently preparing a speech and doing her thing, man. But man, the, queen, the queen is always in the building somewhere. She has her in a while. She ain't far that's but uh, she, she did say, "Tell y'all what's up." So definitely, uh, send sending the love from the queen to Tamika. Um, thank you to everybody who listens to the show, and uh, like Shante said, shares the show. Uh, be sure to um, follow Shante's Instagram in order to see the best in the calligraphal uh, beauty. Uh, that's brush pens and tarot cards. Um, reach out to a friend uh, that may be struggling. If you see somebody that you know, don't just uh, walk past them. If y'all are actually friends, you know, give them a moment of your time. If you have a moment, if you don't, so be it. I don't want to saddle anybody with the belief that it is your job to be your friend's savior because who's going to save your soul? You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, um, sometimes they can't stand by themselves. And I know that a lot of y'all aren't just going to let a friend fall to the wayside. And I appreciate that. And I love y'all for it. Um, we haven't asked y'all to do reviews in a while. Um, Cause yeah, but if you want to just let us know that you left the review where you left it at, we'll go ahead and take a look. We appreciate that. Um, yeah. Hopefully Unburdened comes back out soon. Uh, Gerald's computer uh, disintegrated. So uh, it was old. So we're waiting for him to get back on track uh, before we do that. Uh, Storytellers took a bit of a, uh, just a small break, but it should be back up and running again next week. Um, And we'll be going from there. And uh, the Patreon page, uh, we did just post up a new episode over there, and I will be posting up something over there on Sunday as well. Uh, so it's still there. Be sure to check it out. Uh, become a member. Support us. We appreciate that. And um, First Level Boss, if you're looking for any uh, podcasts or media production or editing, uh, social media integration, show note writing, consultations, or just mentoring, uh, be sure to go to the page and take a look. Uh, we have appointments every day of the week, and we are more than happy to help you become uh, the best podcaster you could possibly be. Uh, this single simulcast, episode 345, uh, Shante and I'm Rashani. Um, and again, Tyrone joined us this week. Uh, thank y'all so much for your time. Y'all be good. Peace. Snap, I got to be in the straight numbered up. This 
a single simulcast. Don't nobody out and you slip.